So why 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 the name one seventeen? I don't know the story on it. I did Jackie go over that with she, you? She explained the warehouse K selection, but she didn't explain one seventeen. So address. Is that where Jackie lives? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to give you 117, and that's as far as we're going to go. You just to catch a predator. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got a plate of cookies waiting for you up front. <laughs> episode of the bourbon hunters dude brett and jeff welcome ohio's brown foreman ambassador whiskey pete wagner to discuss brown foreman old forester all while drinking some bourbon and making some old forester 1915 but before we get started let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor unicorn nation apparel magical apparel for magical people go to their website at www.unicornnationapparel.com or check out the link in our bio for some awesome bourbon hunters exclusive bourbon shirts provided by unicorn nation apparel Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Alright, welcome to another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. I am Dude Cool. I'm joined by... Jeff Tress. Brad Bryan. And we've got Pete Wagner from Old Forester here. He is, uh, well, let's, you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Tell us about a day in the life of before sure, we get started. Sure. I am, uh, by title, the ambassador to Brown Foreman for the state of Ohio. So I drive around, I uh, educate people on whiskeys, tequilas, uh, and uh, scotch, and uh, build drink menus, anything on the educational side. So, if there is a pending war in Ohio, do you get to negotiate any treaties <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yes, all the yes. Brown Foreman? Absolutely. So what all did you bring today for uh, us to taste? I thought it would be fun to go through the Whiskey, uh, the whiskey Row series. I've all got right. the 1870, 1897, 1910, and the 1920s. So I guess give us a little bit of feedback on... Um, what the Whiskey Row series, what it was designed for, what they intended sure. with it. Sure, sure, absolutely. So a few years ago, we were blessed to uh, christen a brand new distillery down on Whiskey Row in downtown Louisville. And in honor of that, uh, Chris Morris, the master distiller and uh, now uh, master taster Jackie Zycan, started releasing the uh, Whiskey Row series. And what that is, is it pays homage to uh, very uh, predominant years in the history of Old Forester. Old Forester is actually the first bottled whiskey in the United States, only whiskey to be made before, during, and after Prohibition, and holds lots of titles. So they wanted to... Uh, Chris Morris likes to point out the historical attributes of the brand. So they wanted to uh, touch on all those, each having a same green bill, but very distinct profiles to them. So telling a little bit of a history of the of the distillery throughout the years based on the year that they're talking about? Is Abs that? Absolutely. What a lot of people don't know is Chris Morris is not only the master distiller for Woodford and Old Forester, technically he's the master distiller for Brown Foreman in general, but he's also the company's historian. He's uh, been in the industry, part of the industry for the vast majority of his life, so wow. he really likes to get across the historical attributes. Very cool. So I guess uh, what all does Brown Foreman encompass? 
I know there's more than whiskey, but... Sure, but. sure. Absolutely. Well, Brown Foreman, we are the last of the... Uh, uh, we are an American-owned liquor company, one of the last ones before uh, it was us and Jim Beam, and Suntory picked them up a few years ago. Right. So we are a family-owned liquor company, and we are the only uh, whiskey company that makes their own barrels out of the old majors. Yeah. I did not know that. 100% of the color, yeah. 60 to 70% of the flavor. We actually have two and a half Cooperages. We like to call the one at Old Forester our Mini Cooperage. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a Mini Cooper. That, that, that I, I get it. Cooperage. I get yeah. the joke. Oh, oh it sure? gets worse. I can, it gets worse. I can get out a whiteboard. I, I can explain it better if you want. That is awesome. Yes. So, so we've got we've got a lot of products. Obviously, it all started back in 1870 with Old Forester. Uh, we acquired back in the 50s uh, Jack Daniels. Woodford Reserve came around in uh, 1996. We also have uh, Herodur and El Humidor tequilas, which are uh, the only naturally fermented tequilas. It's really cool. The actual, the fermentation room only has three walls. It's open air. So they use the yeast. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very cool. It's slow and low, right? We're sitting here at round two uh, with all the barbecue food. You know that that's what it's about. You let the flavors develop. So Yeah, so uh, that brings us to a point. We are at uh, Cafe Round 2 in uh, Grandview, and uh, right across from Grandview Cafe and the Avenue. Uh, nice patio, a lot of good food here, a really nice bourbon selection. And I know, Brett, you were, before I shut you up earlier, you, yeah, were, yeah. you were about to wax poetic <laughs> about how this place looks, so, so go ahead. No, it reminds me of like an old speakeasy, and I think that's the theme they're going for is an old speakeasy, but I like, like, there's gas lanterns in here. Um, these old style bulbs and everything. It's, it's really cool. It has a nice like antique feel to it. You know, there's brick in here as well. I feel and, like it's uh, almost like a bridge decor. Like, I don't know if that's what that's industrial, supposed to be. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very industrial like, look. Like but, old but, New York subway. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say like a, like a restored Brooklyn. Um, yeah, Brooklyn's probably a good description. Yeah. 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 Brooklyn. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so it's settled then. <laughs> yeah, the gas right. lanterns do it for me. That's like, that's a, a good touch. Yeah. For sure. No, that's cool. Um, but I do like those bulbs that are on the little uh, metal trusses or whatever you want to call those. So, um, All right, so why don't we uh, dig into something here. So you brought the Whiskey Row series. I brought yep. some uh, barrel selections from various places. Most of them, for me, are uh, bourbon enthusiasts. Um, and then, uh, Jeff, you brought in a uh, Woodford Reserve badge proof from this year. Yes. And you will hear noises, guys. That's, uh, that is us... Uh, actually at a, at a bar. So there's going to be blenders. There's going to be a lot of noises in the background. So just uh, deal with it. Um, and I also brought the president's choice that I brought. Uh, so Tyler can suck it since he's not here again this, this time. Take that time. Yeah, he's the one who said he wished I didn't get it. Remember? Right. He's like, I hope you don't get it. And I was like, I'm fifth in line. I'm getting it. I will say too, they have an amazing selection of spirits here. Um, a very good bourbon selection that I'm seeing. There's like an Elmer T. Leo in there. Uh, multiple wild turkey. They got the Russell 13, the FAE 01 from uh, Makers. They've got the the two Michter 10 years. They have the rye and the regular Michter 10 year. Yeah, the wild turkey. Um, what do you call it? The Master's Keep. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, they have a bunch Kentucky of Spirit, some Weller. EC 18. Eagle Rare. Um, I'm seeing an old Fitz up there. Ezra 7, Elijah Craig 18. You already said that, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So IW Harper there, There's 15. a great selection nice. here for anyone that's. A connoisseur. And that's just what's in the cabinet. Who knows what's up there on the bar? I didn't even look yet. 
Yeah, I think I see a toasted barrel up there, EC or a barrel proof. I can't They've got it all. Here. They've got it all. One, yeah. of, one of my favorites that they have here, one of the first things they did when they opened was they did a personal selection with the Woodford Double Oaked. Oh, oh I love yeah. the Double Oaked. We just did one of those. We a did a barrel oak yeah. for Double Oaked. The Double Oaked is so good. It's still just sitting there because the the drivers, they don't, they're short on drivers right now. So oh, it's right. actually, I was wondering what happened with it's it. It's ready to go. Just they don't have any drivers to get it where it needs to get. Supply chains have been crazy. It's, yeah, for, it's the, crazy. for the past few months, we've been suffering. We've had plenty of juice, but the one thing that we've been out of was glass. Oh, yeah. think about that. What yeah. a lot of people don't huh. know is Brown Foreman gets all their glass from Zanesville, Ohio. Oh, okay, from, that's cool. Yeah, from the Owens plant. So, oh. think that's about cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until until the plant shuts down and we're behind on glass. So yeah. we have caught up. God bless it. But for the longest time, this was one of the only places that you could get a good double oak here in town. Because it just wasn't in market. Well, yeah. I got nervous because I couldn't find any double oaked on the shelf. Remember me telling you that yeah. a while ago? Yeah, it it was, may have been three, four months ago. It was, it was hard to find. I, was like, I can't yeah. find a double oak. Like, that was it. I need my fix, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was. He, he showed up at the door. He was. He had high scratching. scratching. He knew I had a couple uh, looked down like, my speakeasy. Looked like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> I need my double oak. I smoke rocks. <laughs> I smoke rocks. So uh, let's get started here. Let, you want to jump into uh, that 90 proof uh, selection I have just so we can do something a little. Yeah. Where are we at? Yeah, right okay. here. And we'll just pass that around and get into that. So that's an old Forester. Uh, what is that one? Stagecoach or something like that? I think, I think it's Stagecoach, yeah. I think that's in Michigan. Is that the one Tyler found in I Michigan so, for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like an older one, I think. That yeah, because they don't do 90 proof selections anymore. They're all 100 or a barrel. Strength. I like this Correct. one a lot. I've been um, drinking one this lately at my house. Yeah. Oh, I have you, to, like, you got this one too, right? Yeah. yeah. I know because it's like the last 90 proof that I know of. I, you can't find it very often anymore unless they just pop up somewhere. So, so Pete, is there a any history or, or why why they went from the 90 to 100 proof on the barrel selections now? I There's no official statement, but I will say I have what I call my hot sauce theory, and you guys are a prime example of that. You a fan of hot sauce? Yes, yeah, right? for sure. I'm a huge fan, yes. right? And, and, and you start off with Tabasco, and if you like Tabasco, please. Little known fact, uh, they're aged in Jack Daniels barrels. Yep. True story. But then you move on to like Sriracha, Habanero, Ghost Pepper. Point is your palate acclimates, and experienced bourbon drinkers like ourselves want more and more out of it. And uh, with Jackie's eye can at the helm, she likes big, bold profiles. Obviously, you can see that in the birthday bourbons that are popping up. So I definitely think that that's part of it. People are, the demand is there. Yeah. So we're upping it. Obviously, everybody wants to have something at barrel proof, right? Well, yeah. well and I think that the Old Forester profile, that mash bill, I think it just shines at 100 proof anyway. I like the barrel strength stuff. I do, but I think the hundreds where it's at for them. I really do like everything that I've had of theirs on the hundred proof barrel selections have been just outstanding. The flavors is just right on point at a hundred proof for me. It really is. Yeah. Like you don't get too much of a heat. You can actually appreciate a lot of the flavors. Those those fruity notes that come through and all that. We a lot of us we get banana on this all the time. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Old Forester products, but we <laughs> tend to always get banana on it. It's the congeners that come out of their mash bill. I was good. Yeah. Some of it's that yeast string. It is. Okay. Old Forester yeast string. So what do you guys get? You get some banana on this on the nose? I, I get some um, 
some sweet on this too. It's almost like What's a dessert, slush, uh, like some creme brulee, I would say. Uh, so Pete, he's got an Instagram handle called the People Schnoz, <laughs> where I just nose things. That's it, just nosing notes, nothing else. His nose has become legendary in the industry. I should probably take one right now and add to her. Or take a picture was, to add Jackie to Jackie was pretty impressed with your, uh, your she nose was. ability. She was. She didn't follow me though, so you need to tell her to follow the People Schnoz. <laughs> we'll, we'll reach out. We'll reach out. <laughs> think it's an executive letter to Jackie, please. <laughs> she probably gets so many people following her. She I probably could, doesn't oh, even... I could only imagine. You were probably, by the time she checked again, you were probably like 50th down the list. <laughs> yeah. That's, gonna, that's being modest, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I was, I was going like, to if it wasn't her birthday, I would text her. <laughs> oh, happy birthday well, to happy her. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I went ahead and dove into this, but... Uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot it's of vanilla. It's my people schnoz. Yeah, like more of a flower, like, like that flower side of the vanilla. I didn't get it so much on the nose, but once I dove in, I, I did get vanilla. I mean, that's a pretty common bourbon theme, but but definitely more so with uh, with this. To me, it's almost more of a like a flowery vanilla than the, versus like a you know when you taste a vanilla extract or something though. Yeah. So, what have you been up to lately, Jeff? You just moved into a new house, right? How'd that go? Uh, <laughs> There's a delay, so I feel like it's not good. Still going? No, I, I don't think your wife's listening. You're fine. It, it went really well. It just, I'll, I don't want to move ever again. So that's why we built our forever home and we're done. <laughs> you never realize how much shit you have until you move. Famous you're like, last words. Why do I have so much shit? Like, what is all this? Oh man, it was when we moved in our the house that we just sold six years ago it was just me and my wife and now we have two kids so it's just like double the shit that's where it builds up that's where it builds up i tell you i I have a forever condo so like i i bought a condo right before i met trina and we got married she brought in her daughter i brought in my son then we had a kid together so we were a little cramped for a minute but we have one kid left and we, we played the long game. I was like, we yeah. don't need a forever home. We've got a forever condo as soon as they're out of here. Right. So in a Stall. year. Right. Stall. So in a year, we're sitting pretty. We'll be almost paid off on that thing. And we can start vacationing in the Hamptons. No. <laughs> no, 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 I, mean, I never hear your neighbors, too. It's very well insulated. Well, don't, don't talk to my, my wife about that. She'll, that's her one complaint is the, the neighbor, if you're looking at my condo to the left. Yeah. He'll pass out drunk at four in the afternoon playing like heavy metal, which she normally enjoys, but he'll pass out to it and it'll just keep playing for hours. I was going to say, it, it keeps going and yeah. going oh, it's and ridiculous. going. And his, and his neighbor on the other side, we like that we sandwich him. He, that sounds he weird. Gets, yeah, he gets so pissed. And uh, but they're actually really good friends, so he'll go over and just bang on the oh door God, that's and wake awesome. him up. And, and he's like, turn off your damn music. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's uh, hit the breaker next time. Like, <laughs> I, I should just take a take a chance. I'll do that. Just do, do the, something uh, to trip the hard, go yeah. through all of them <laughs> until his shuts off. <laughs> Once the music stops, you know you hit gold. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. So um, what did you move cities or is it just neighborhoods? Yeah, just neighborhoods. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, we moved outside of a city limit, so we're on well, well water now and. A little bit farther out of the country, a little bit more land. So next purchase, water softener. Yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> for sure. We have really good water out there. It, I was surprised how well is it limestone? Is. Are you are you on like a lime limestone? Uh, it's, it, I mean, it might be start might be doing bourbon. You can dream. You can dream. <laughs> I mean, a ton of shale came out when they dug the well, so it was it was really good. Um, good water pressure. That's my only complaint with well water. Yeah, is sometimes the water pressure sucks. 
Yeah. We, I think yeah, it just like, matters where the where the water tower is. Yeah. And how high it is. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. <laughs> it's the downward pressure. It's gravity. <laughs> so uh, I just went to Kentucky with uh, bourbon enthusiasts. We did. Oh, yeah. So we went to Limes, or well, I didn't get to go to Limestone, but we went to Starlight. Um, we drank out of probably 20-some barrels. God. It was ridiculous. They <laughs> just kept point, it. Are you just like so overwhelmed? We were, and we were sitting there. I think they were having more fun with us than we were. Like, we had a good time, don't get me wrong, but they were having a blast. And so, like, I think they all just stopped working to come taste barrels with us. To come and watch. <laughs> and no, they were, they were tasting. They weren't just watching. <laughs> so they were tasting right along with us. So they were thieving right out of the barrels. We're drinking everything barrel-proof. And, like, we were having just, I mean... I, we didn't spit a single thing, but we would do like a drink and then pour out. So we're like pouring like legit drain pours, even though they were like so good. So we're sitting there drinking all this stuff. They had a cigar blend. They had um, a whole bunch of different finished experimental things that they were doing. We were tasting all of it. We did a double oat. Um, we ended up getting two barrels from there, and we're holding off on a third one that we're thinking about revisiting and getting. Uh, then we went from there to Bullet, and Dickel met us up there from Bullet, or at Bullet. So I was we, jealous about so, the Bullet. I wanted to go for that one for so, sure. So when we got to Bullet, Dickel had it all set up, the 17-year selection from Dickel. I'm not a Dickel fan. I thought they were terrible. But I couldn't, you know, I'm not going to say that there. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, so I was able to pull out honest. Believe that out later. No, I'm not believing it out. I, it, it's not my profile. It's Every, a fair statement. Other people love Dickel, and that's fine. But to me, it's medicinal, yeah. and I just don't like it. But other people love it, and that's fine. And if you know you're not a Dickel person, you're not going to get it. So right. it's, But it, it was 17 years. I could still pull out some notes and stuff that I thought were favorable, but it's just it's not my palate. And... Uh, so that almost ruined me for the bullet tasting. But, I, but then we went on a tour of bullet to let us kind of reacclimate, let our palates reset. Came back in. We had, I think, six samples from bullet. We did two, uh, I think we did two selections from there. So we had done five selections by that point. My God. And then the next day, we were supposed to go down to Limestone Branch, but I, had to, I got pulled into a training for work. So they went down to Limestone Branch, and then I think they went up to Bardstown Company and did another selection. So I think they did another three selections that next day. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. Don't like, you hate it when work gets in the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's funny is, you know, I had the day off, but someone else in our company did too, and I had to cover for them. So, because I wasn't supposed to go on Tuesday for that. I was only supposed to go down for Wednesday, and he, he was like, hey, can you make it for Tuesday? I got a couple of extra barrel picks, and I was like, sure. So it, my one day vacation turned into a two vacation, two day it's vacation. Good, isn't it? So, so how do we tell where the warehouse is on location? With if this is warehouse O. So they have two different uh, places, right? That they store their barrels. Yeah. Um, warehouse K is like the real. That's the real. Oh, I should have brought my one set. Well, there wasn't much left of the one seventeen series warehouse K, but. Yeah, um, there wasn't at all. But uh, Warehouse K is like a big one that everyone kind of loves. Um, and so when we talked to Jackie last week, you haven't listened to that episode apparently. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> On the drive home. Yep. You got I, I meant to listen to it all the way up here to, to prep for this. but <laughs> No, nah, no big deal. So uh, Calls got in the way. <laughs> I guess she said Warehouse K is like one of their big ones that's really popular. Um, I don't know about Warehouse O, but... Uh, so what, in your opinion, what is the when certain distilleries find like warehouse yeah. whatever right for for old forester uh -huh. it's warehouse k mm -hmm. what science is behind that that they've been able to determine okay this is why 
the majority of the pallets are, are acclimating to this floor and warehouse. That that fluctuates. Obviously, you've got you've got pallets that migrate, but depending on what that is, the vast majority is the oxidation, the hot spots, the cool spots. If uh, if it's warmer, the sugars will oxidize faster, so you get a softer palate to it. So uh, that way, uh, you can get to some more of the flavors. Uh, you also have, depending on which way they're facing, you know, you get the morning sun, the evening sun, that affects how it goes through. So pretty much every aspect of where it's sitting uh, with that warehouse K, you just have a gem moment where you've got, it's right in that sweet spot. You get enough of the heat that it oxidizes, but it doesn't go, it's not too hot. So you're not softening it way too much. You still want to have that body to it. So, so, so is that also the season in which the, the barrels go into the warehouse too? Because of the, obviously the sun going in and hitting the warehouse in a different spot. Yeah. Every, every, every part of nature affects the way that those barrels age. So, uh, you know, some are just blessed to be in a better spot than others. Well, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I even believe that like two barrels can be beside each other in the same warehouse, yep. same floor and everything and have completely different profiles. Oh, absolutely. Um, just depending on like the that wood. That just be even the wood making so, a difference yeah. there. Well, yeah. Again, being the only distillery that makes their own barrels, we're pulling our trees, we're pulling our wood from different trees in different parts of the United States. So you have different mineral content in the water, in the soil, etc. No two trees taste the same. And I'm not going around licking trees here, right? <laughs> right? But... But no two trees taste the same. Your typical barrel has roughly 32 staves in it. That could be 28. That could be 34. And the coopers get paid by volume. So as they're doing it, those staves can go anywhere from a few inches to, you know, like from four to seven inches wide. Yeah. So you, that fluctuates. And they're pulling from different tree farms. So you could put the same juice in two barrels side by side, age at the same amount of time, and they're going to taste different. That's sure. where the single barrels come in. Well, not only that, but I mean, they season them by letting them dry outside too. So one year seasoning might be completely, even if it's from the same location, yeah. same minerals and everything else yeah. is the same. The next year seizoning, you know, well, might humidity be different. and all kinds of things exactly. play a factor. Right. Yeah. And anything in the air that's settling on that wood, is it seasoning or whatever, or getting into the wood? I mean, you never know. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that they can be as consistent with their flavor profiles year after year than, than as they are. I yeah. mean, that, that's just blows me away with all the variables that are outside of their control sure you know obviously they control the mash bill the yeast strain and all those different things but there's so many things that yeah. go into the finished product especially with the way that the weather weather fluctuates these days you know i mean yeah. you think weather gets warm pours open up weather gets cool tightens up that's the that's the basic gist of right. it but some of the summers have been excruciatingly hot yeah. so that whiskey's soaking all the way in not to mention, you're getting more of an angel share out of it, so it's concentrating, and you're getting these bigger, bolder flavors out of that barrel. Well, more surface area for oxidation and everything else. I mean, it's it's interesting to me, I, for sure. Oh, yeah. What is it, like the devil's cut by how far it absorbs into the wood, what they call that? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. is that like a maker's only thing, or is that like true? The devil's cut, that's... Uh, no, it's a thing. It's the opposite yeah. of the... Uh, that's Jack, I think. Oh, Jack. Yeah, that's Jim. 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 Yeah. Jim. yeah. Jim. And both, I love, I love that guys. ad. They show the barrel squeezing yeah. out. Yeah. I will tell you this. I have tasted... Nina. I have tasted whiskey out of the walls in a barrel. Years, years ago, I was with a one of my coworkers, and we were down at Woodford, and we had... 
I think four barrels in the back of an SUV and it was the heat of summer. Chris himself <laughs> gave us these barrels, right? And it's five and a half hours to get to Woodford from here. And we get up here and I had that genius, that epiphany moment where I'm like, five and a half hours, air conditioned vehicle, there's juice in there. And we got all excited and it was a romantic moment. We were toe to toe, we cheersed each other and took a sip and at the same time we both said, that tastes like expletive deleted, right? It tasted like well, wood. You gotta think about it, the, the, the wood is technically charcoal. And what does charcoal do? Pulls out impurities. So all the impurities are sitting in the barrel by the time yeah, it's finished. That's it's it. like a big filter, essentially. So you, yeah. you're, you're getting the stuff you don't want out yeah. of that. Right, right. I mean, really, you yeah. really are. Yeah. Not, not to mention, the big thing about alcohol is it extracts all of those tannins out of that wood. And right. the stuff that's in the walls has been in the walls for four, six, eight, however many years. The whole time, it's just pulling wood out. I mean, that tasted like, if you, if you wanted to lick the table, that's what it would taste like. It's, it's like your wife, Jeff. It's just always pulling wood out, you know? I was like, where's this going? <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> nothing's nothing's uh, sacred. All right. So what do, we, what do we think of that one? The 90 proof. So that was the 90 proof. I'm, unfortunately, I only have Delicious. a little bit left in that 100 proof. So I think we should probably move to the... Whiskey bottled, Row? The Bottled and Bond Whiskey Row. Bottled and Bond? Yeah, that way we can make a jump to 100 and, sure. and see how yeah. that... Um, I'm afraid, like, as much as we took, just made a dent in that, I'm afraid that'll be gone. I like that last one. I like the palate a lot more than the nose. Yeah. The nose had a lot of tannins to it. It was a little bit... I agree. Briar uh, had a vegetal note, but then the flavor just opened up. The, uh, yeah, the taste for that for me... That's what I thought. 1870 is your least favorite of the whiskey. Correct, right? yes, yeah. I was trying to remember um, if 1897 was the oldest or there was one. I don't know what order they started in. 1870 came out first. Okay. Then we had 1897. Then 1920. And then 1920. Yeah. And then not part of the Whiskey Row series, but still part of Old Forester, we had the Statesman. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And then, obviously, for that Kingsman 2. Yeah. And then uh, 1910 came out at the end. Yeah, and the 1910 was the one that they, they bet it was going to do just like the 1920, so they didn't make as much as they needed. Yeah. And that's why there was a dry spell for like six months while they it had to finish it. It was hard to find. It. I remember hunting for it. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's one of my favorites is 1910. I think sure. I, I love the 1920. I love the 1910. I, I honestly like them both. I think today we should do a 1915. A 1915? I think so. I think we, we have to. We've I done agree. the Whiskey Row series on our show before, yes. so I think that just makes sense. Yeah. So, um, Let's see here. So uh, what do you guys get on the nose for this one? The nose is similar to me cool. to the single barrel. I get a little of the same. Yeah. I know I need to reset. That's the schnoz. Snoz resetting. I got too hot of a nose on that one. I had to reset on my wrist. So I'm using Bath and Body Works bourbon body wash. So <laughs> it's not really helping me to reset. I'm just getting a different nose now. <laughs> I didn't know we were that fancy of a podcast. <laughs> well, it's 100 proof. It was uh, barreled in uh, Warehouse L. <laughs> I, I, as, a, as a joke, self. I was going to post a bottle or a picture of that as a bottle kill when it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> Just see if anyone yeah, has yeah. Pete, I think you'd be like, this tastes a, like um, shit. <laughs> I think you did a dinner pairing um, that I was at in Lancaster at um, Ale House. Yes. I think it was yes, that two years, years ago. Yeah. Yes, it was before the pandemic. Yeah. Before the lockdown. Yeah, I, I knew you looked familiar when I walked in. 
Um, you have a distinct yeah. voice too. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a good a, voice. A, I like it's it. a radio voice. A, a face for radio. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's we, luckily, voice. we all have faces for radio. So right. That's why we don't have a YouTube channel. Yeah, I've actually been doing this for. Yeah, I just celebrated 13 years. Oh, wow. Big whiskey Pete. Yeah. Whiskey Pete. Awesome. I like so it. So is that an and all day job or is that a secondary job? Do you oh, no. This is it. Okay. This is it. There's there's a lot. Obviously, with the bourbon trends, just oh, sure. bourbon drinkers Exploding. just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so I am constantly on the road. I'm covering the entire state of Ohio. So yeah. anywhere that serves liquor in Ohio, there's a few bars that like with their whiskey these days. Yeah. Do you only cover the whiskey portion of it, or do you actually do the tequila and everything else? I will train them on anything that they need. Yeah. Um, I have next week. I'm doing. I'm up in Cleveland, and I'm actually training on both. And right now, that's the, that's a big chunk of what I'm doing is because of all the bars and restaurants being understaffed, and they're bringing on young green people. So to be able to educate them and um, how to. Speak well, first off, to about understand it. about, understand it, yeah, but sure. then to upsell and, and things like that, to be able to know the difference between a single barrel and a regular, to be able to know, you know, the, the one of the biggest questions that I, so many people come up to me and they're like, what's the difference between a bourbon and a whiskey, you know? And you would think, you would assume that most people know, but it's, yeah. the, it's a very common question. Yeah. It's oh, a yeah. very common question. Yeah. No doubt. I think one of the, the biggest misconceptions when people think about bourbon, too, is they think that it has to be made in Kentucky. Yes. Right? I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, that's actually pretty funny. I <laughs> had a toe-to-toe. I was uh, on Ohio State's campus, and uh, I'm doing a tasting, and I'm r- rattling through it. You know, you get your spiels when you do this. And I was like, to be a bourbon made in the United States, Jordan and I, in the background, I hear with a southern accent, Kentucky. And I'm like, all due respect, according to the laws, it's... Anywhere in the United Kentucky, right? And I'm going on and blah, 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 blah. Next time, Kentucky. I hear it. <laughs> so I go walking around, and the, this gentleman had to have been, and I'm being polite, about 88 years old. <laughs> and he's like, you wonder why I keep saying Kentucky? Because I'm a colonel. And I was like, sir, all due respect. I said, on behalf of the colonel back here, Kentucky. <laughs> but anywhere in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> but technically. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, whatever. So, I mean, it's to me, I, I think it's funny because I get that too. Like, I'll be just wearing a bourbon shirt. It's pretty much all I wear nowadays. And um, someone will say, oh, bourbon, yeah, Kentucky. You know, and I'm just like, or wherever sure. they make the bourbon. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but sure. Whatever. So, uh, what do you guys get? It. What do you think of this one? I, I honestly I haven't sampled yet, so I'm have. diving in. And you, I, s- you said it. The nose is very similar to yeah, the, yeah. To the to previous me, one. I, to me, it's very, very similar. Yes. And I think right. you get that with a lot of old forester, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of old forester. Until you get to the barrel strength, it's just bananas on the nose. It's it's. Uh, There's some dessert for me in there. It's yeah, like a sweet it's dessert. It's like a bananas foster almost yeah. to me. Like I, I almost get a, like a creaminess, wait, like wait, a pudding. Bananas like, what? Uh, a pudding. 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 Bananas what? Bananas Forrester? <laughs> I said Foster, but what? What is what is Bananas Foster? It's a dessert. Are you kidding me? You've never had Bananas <laughs> Foster? It's delicious. <laughs> I thought you were being a dick right I now. Too. I, was like, I was like, what the hell? Where, what is this leading to? I'm like, you he is, but he still wants to know. Where, where are we going here. here? Where are we going with this? You don't know what Bananas Foster is? No. Oh, wow. Google Lan- it. Lancaster. I, I literally thought... What Pete said, you were meaning like bananas Forrester because the majority of the, the so we can please 
keep propagating that <laughs> right. from now on. It's bananas forester, and it's bananas with old forester sautéed with brown sugar. That could be a sugar. dessert for sure. Oh, that's a fantastic yeah. dessert. I'm not saying it's a bad but idea. You've had it then. I've had I've had bananas foster numerous times. It's delicious. And then <laughs> it's I'm like good. caramelized bananas with uh, with actual caramel on it and, and a it's brandy, scoop of ice isn't it? Cream. Well, it's probably like a brandy caramel or something. Yeah. Okay. The brown sugar, butter, ground cinnamon, uh, banana liqueur. Uh, if you liqueur, interesting. Liqueur. Liqueur. See, learn something every day. Um, oh. The banana should be ripe but firm. <laughs> So no, that no, picture just like nobody like likes a soggy banana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. You can't be whiskey banana. All right. So I, I'll be truthful. I haven't had this in a long time. Sure. And I think the last time I sampled it, I wasn't a huge fan, but I like this a lot better now. I don't know. Well, this is the this is the eighteen ninety seven. Right. Bought, the yeah. eighteen seventy was your least. That favorite. was my least favorite. Um, and maybe I'm just misremembering, but I don't remember liking this as much as I like it now. That, that, that's what amazes me about this series. We're looking at exactly the same percentage of the same grains on every single one of these. Yet for me on the 1897, the palette, this one has the most rye. The rye comes yeah. forward. Yes, absolutely. I get, that, I get that tingle on the tip of my tongue and it stands up. That's where I want to make drinks with this. Yeah. And I've been drinking more rye and that might be part of it as well. Is that, you know, you use the analogy of... Um, the hot sauce. The hot sauce. Yeah. I go with coffee. That's my analogy, right? Sure. When people start drinking coffee, they put a shitload of cream and sugar and everything else Just in it. Back it and they up. start backing it up and backing it up. Yeah. No. Hand I, down, Billy cream. Bob. Cream. Um, well, <laughs> I enjoy life. I don't. I like my coffee, like, just oily, dark, whatever. But it's kind of the same with bourbon. Yeah. Like, I'm getting, you know, more into barrel proofs, barrel strengths, rise, even cask strength rise and stuff and that's why I think I like this more is there's more of that rye coming through I didn't know if it was playing tricks on me because of the green label at first I was like this isn't a rye no it's a bottle and bond because I did get that spice right. especially around like the rim of your palate yeah. right oh we should we could have brought the uh, old forester rye I didn't even think about that you even mentioned that today that is a fun one and I will yeah. be I will I will sing and rejoice <laughs> when we get it back in the market here in Ohio it's crazy like um, it was here and then it was Gone. Gone. <laughs> we, I, I had it in a number of places. It was fantastic. Unfortunate, fortunately, I will say, uh, people love it, and yeah. we can only get so much out. So it's yeah. in production. It will be. It will be coming back here to Ohio. Uh, it's just going to be a minute. So yeah. no worries. You can't complain when people love your product, right? That's a good right? problem to have. That's right? a good yeah, problem. Absolutely. Is, is that a challenge that you have sometimes um, with the? I, I know all states are different, right? Yeah. As far as how they allocate. But with, with Ohio, is that if you can't compete with the demand, do you have to, like, back it off until you can keep up with it? We... Uh, Probably we're, not by choice. Yeah, we're, we're blessed with a fantastic portfolio. Okay. I mean, you think about the numbers on Jack Daniels, the numbers on Woodford. So Gosh, yeah. we, we, don't have, we don't have problems getting things in. Um, yes, being in a control state, you do have to sell a certain amount for it to stay. Sure. Otherwise, it gets discoed out the door. Right. So and is that product specific not just like old forester across the board but each line oh yeah okay oh yeah they have to with the 1870 1897 each one had to be introduced individually to the state okay and then it's brought up at the next cycle so okay yep so that's what's going on with the rise the the production the, couldn't the, keep up so you had to wait until the rye we just had a giant demand it has nothing to do with the state okay. and and the allotment uh 
you know, they it builds up so Ohio will be getting it soon. Okay. Well, that like just attests to your product, right? It's a new product and you guys are selling out. Yeah. yeah. And that just means that you guys are obviously making a fantastic product and people want it before they've ever tried it. Well, one of the beautiful things is, I mean, I always tell people there's, there's two types of whiskey drinkers. There's the whiskey drinkers and then there's just the unicorn hunters. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and the real whiskey drinkers just really shine to it. And they, with a brand like Old Forester, they say high tides raise all boats and the cream rises to the surface. And Old Forester just is gangbusters. You know, for when I first started, I would bring up Old Forester and we had Old Forester and Signature and people would say, oh, that's that cheap stuff. And yeah. I, I would follow up with, if you mean approachable price point, because we kept it that way on purpose. And then I start rattling off the accolades behind it. The first bottled whiskey in the United States, the only one to be made before, during, and after, owned by the same company, straight through Prohibition. We have the first, believe it or not, we have the first single barrel with the president's choice. Yeah. We have the first double barreling with uh, very fine whiskey, which the 1910 pays homage to. We have one of the very first liquor ads. I mean, there's all of these great accolades, and people still wanted to say originally, oh, that's that cheap stuff. <laughs> Well, the, the 100, the yeah. signature, yeah. holy cow. It is so good. That is oh, the bartender. Yeah. Bartender's dollars. It's like, it's crazy. Like, we keep doing every year, we do a blind. It's won it two years in a row, if not three. It, I think it's won three different things, but two different years in a row. Like, So we banned it. Seriously, we had to ban it from our next blind. And, and that's, so that's where we do fantastic. There's a few people here in town that will do uh, blind tastings. And I know our, our, our friends uh, at the Century Bar out in Dayton yeah. mm -hmm. do blind tastings. And, and we just, we do incredible. We do incredible with that. And it's getting, just separating yourself from that label. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's half the fun of a blind is removing the label bias. That you just get in your head and you think, oh, this is going to be outstanding. It's this. And then you put it in a blind and it comes in third to something that's $22, $25. And you're like, holy cow. But then they still go hunting for the other thing. You yeah, know what right, I mean? right. Because they want to put it on the gram. Yeah. So The gram. So, the <laughs> schnoz will be on the gram. The schnoz. When you talk about you know the, the two types of whiskey drinkers, right? The unicorns yeah. and the real risk. Or, or more truer whiskey drinkers. You know, I got to a point where you, know, you, you go to the liquor store on drop day and the line's out the door. It's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, That's not wasting my time. For the, There's plenty of good bourbon out there that I don't have to sit and yeah. wait in line for you know, four hours. That's how I'm feeling with stuff anymore, too. There's not a lot. Minus the, B, the BTAC stuff, there's not a lot I'd actually, and that's lottery here. There's really not a lot I'd wait in line for anymore because I've had it all now. And that's it. You've experienced it. You've got it. You've yeah. got that out of your system now. Right. You're getting down to what exactly is it that you like at this point in your journey. Right. That's the way I like to explain it. I have a lot of people asking me, like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? And I will tell them what I'm currently drinking. But my journey is different from yours, from yours, from yours. Someone I mean, asked me that the other day, and I couldn't answer it. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what my favorite is. I have no idea. Well, my typical response is, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, yeah, right? That's a valid question. I would. Are if we relaxing we're on a Friday night? Are we trying to get a little slappy? What are we yeah. trying to do? <laughs> if I'm with my friends, they they get the approachable price points. You know, <laughs> right? Are we at a bar? Are we at home yeah. drinking out of our own stock? I mean, what are we what are we doing? Right. I, that's a good I, question. I tell people if I'm golfing, gentleman Jack and ginger ale, nine great holes. Yeah, never seen the back. <laughs> <laughs> gentleman Jack's good. 
we have some barrel strength jack that's very good. That single barrel barrel oh, strength my gosh. jack. I just posted that on Instagram last night. Yeah, that's very very. And that's good. the fun thing about those single barrels. You can get. I once had a single barrel Jack Daniels that was, I think it was like one thirty eight. Ours is real high. Yeah, ours like is like one thirty five point eight. Yeah. Or one, yeah, yeah, they go from one twenty five to one forty, and it was like one thirty eight, and I, I hunkered down. I was ready <laughs> for it. Right, I got in the position, and I sipped it, and it was from a hot spot in the barrel house. So it's what I call sneaky Pete. You know, you're sipping on it, and you forget about that yes. proof. Yeah, so God, we have a one thirty point five and a one thirty point nine. Dangerous. Those are dangerous. And they oh, taste yeah. so good. And that's it. I sat down to one last night, and I'm like, I was done with it in probably 15 minutes, and I was like, uh-oh. Because <laughs> I, I wanted another one. And I'm like, I got to drink something else. Yeah. Because this is not going to go well. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and it did go well, but... <laughs> So let's let's rinse out these glasses. Let's move yeah. over to the president's choice real quick. And I know we're jumping around, um, but I'm trying not to go crazy up to the high proofs right away. So fair enough. Have you had the president's choice yet this year's? Sneaky Pete. There we go. <laughs> Sneaky Pete. <laughs> you can have a name like Pete. You get a lot of uh, associations. <laughs> That's a decent little uh, Amazon Prime show. Sneaky, Sneaky Pete. Pete? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, they call me Whiskey Pete now. Whiskey so, and Pete. What, I like that better. That's, that's good. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. There's a nice casino in Las Vegas named after that. So, <laughs> But I was I was having a discussion with a gentleman from Ohio Tavern News. I said, when you have a name like Pete, they throw stuff at it. And I told him, back in 1990, and here's where I date Oops. myself, Take some of that. I was part of a radio hot. show, and they call me Party Pete. Oh, that's <laughs> top 40 station, right? <laughs> a little hot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, true story. In '93, I did a, uh, I did an internship at Walt Disney World, and I had to do the Jungle Cruise, and they called me uh, Jungle Pete at that point. So <laughs> Jungle Pete. He thought it was funny, and he I posted like it in the Pete. paper. Whiskey Pete Wagner, and I said, "I'll tell you what, you make fun of me. Uh, I'm going to make money on it." So, 13 years later, you still see Whiskey Pete. <laughs> yeah, it reminds yeah. me of my two jobs ago. I worked at a company, and uh, it was me and Doug, and uh, the the head of sales ran our. I had just started, and uh, the guy Doug had just started back again. He was there, left, came back, and we started the same day, and uh, he started calling me Dude Perfect. And he called, of, yeah. yeah. And then he called yeah. Doug Dougie Fresh, and so, <laughs> so like Dougie that, Fresh. and that stuck. So like for the whole time we worked there, that that just stuck with us. Now I'm we're at both a different company, so that's not a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell all us right. how you came upon this president's choice. Have you told that story? I did. I think maybe quickly last week, okay. but we were talking to Jackie, so I didn't want to waste time, um, especially with our stupid forty minute. Yeah, <sighs> pissed me off. Zoom. That Zoom. Oh Zoom. yeah. Well, so we had been doing Zoom gym stuff throughout the entire pandemic, hosting, you know, five or six people doing online gym, like CrossFit classes, stuff like that. Never was a limit ever. We would go over an hour every time. And then we get on with J.K. Williams on Monday before Jackie, and it said 40-minute limit with more than two people. I'm like, wait, when did that happen? Like, it's the same account we've always had, so it's not like nothing changed. And then... I was like, well, with Jackie, it'll just be us and her, so no big deal. Because two people, there's no limit. I right. looked that up that day because I was going to splurge and get the, the next tier up so that we could have an unlimited time. And um, and then when we joined on with Jackie, her handler joined on too. 
And we're like, oh, there's three people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, she stayed, and she stayed on, so we were limited to 40 minutes. And uh, which, She was you know, pleased to make sure we didn't ask any. Probably, because she had never been on a podcast shit. before. So she probably was making sure we were not idiots. <laughs> she listened. <laughs> I was like, just, yeah, they, they, they checked out. So you out. pulled that one off. <laughs> yeah. They checked out the podcast beforehand. They knew what they were getting into. So, uh, no, I mean, it went well. And generally, we're two different podcasts. We're podcasts when we have guests on, and we're podcasts when it's just us shooting the shit. That's, that's, doing yeah. Kills. yeah. I mean, so, so. Sweet Jesus. Pete, to our, our Today season, we're kind of in the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. So last, hybrid, hybrid. last season we finished uh, in December, we always go for Tyler, who's not here, his birthday. Uh, it's right around repeal day. We go to the bourbon trail. Sure. And so we went down, and actually we picked up the very fine, very rare, or very fine rare that day. Yeah. It was that day release. But we went there, and they didn't have it out. And then we went to Bardstown and got the email that it was out. So we drove all the we had to, we had to, like an hour and a half until Maker's Mark tour. Right. We went from Bardstown, flew all the way to Woodford Reserve, got back to Maker's Mark for the tour. <laughs> like five minutes late, was it? We were flying. Oh, yeah. He was turning green on the back roads to Maker's. I was getting car sick on the roads. Like, I, I was, was gonna, doing just fine. I was going to say, uh, that main drag, yeah, I've driven that dozens of times, and I'll tell you what, it's not really all that monitored. Not, <laughs> not that I'm saying. You can get away with that. On Woodford, you mean? Going from going from Lexington to Louisville. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah what yeah. is that, 64? Yeah. Where yeah. you just shoot down, and then you have to take those back Well, we rows. were on the Bluegrass or Parkway. the Parkway, yeah, okay. because we were between Bardstown and... and uh, Versailles or Versailles. 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 Yeah. In Kentucky. I live in Kentucky. In Kentucky, it's Versailles. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's we not, were, that's where bones. we, <laughs> so we went that way. And then, so there's the Woodford Reserve windy road. Yeah. And then we get back out and then go to Makers and it was the Makers windy road. And by the time we got out, he was. I was just like head down. Like, but anyway, oh, uh, out of here. that night we killed a bottle of stag between the four of us. And we had half a bottle of the green label Heaven Hill six year. And then we finished and killed a bottle of the very fine rare because we got I got six of them so I was like yeah that's we, a, yeah me and him bought six pack of peas like, uh, and so I still got pack. two and a half left at the house and uh, sold off two to buddies who were in different states who wanted it sure um, I mean they told me before I got there they wanted it so uh, you probably made a profit on yours I actually no just sold I, it for I got it for my friends yeah yeah so you so you made a profit. No. <laughs> <laughs> So he's wheeling and dealing the whole trip. He meets a guy in the Buffalo Trace parking lot for a Michter's tenure. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. And uh, what you give him, like antique or something? Weller's no, antique? No, I think I traded him. He, he wanted a, um EH small batch. Oh. And some money. I was like, okay. done? Okay. Yeah. Did you, you roll up, quick windows, pass it through the... <laughs> well, we were there Peel for the out. tour, so... The reach was just a bonus, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if we should give out this tip, but when we, when we go down for, um, for our sprint, basically... We'll, we'll hit up Buffalo Trace and the, for the first tour. Well, if you get the first tour and rush through it, then you get in the uh, gift shop before everyone else gets and in And it's line. not a tour. It's just the tasting. It's a taste of sure, sorry, yeah. And it's at 10.15. Okay. So the gift shop opens at 10, but on Friday and Saturday, the line is probably a half hour long, 40 yeah. minutes long. So if you go to the 10.15 Taste of Trace, you're out by 10.30, you're in the gift shop, and you're getting whatever's on yeah, the Yeah, and you shop. don't have to wait in Cut line. line. For, right, exactly. Cut line. And we ended up That's getting really, the... Uh, oh. yeah. You should not be spreading it. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't well, think we Well, he just ruined it. You can edit that out. <laughs> edit. Well, we're live, and we have people actually on right now. 
I'm gonna go back and listen to this on my way down. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it was it was actually uh, we've got it pretty well figured out. As many times yeah. as we've been down there, um, did we did we decide on the Bardstown thing? Did everyone say I, yeah? We so we were talking about how we're gonna like mix up the the different. I guess itineraries every time we go down, right? So we've done a ton of distillery tours, um, a ton of different experiences. So now we want to go for more more of the experiences where you can go and do different tastings. And, and dude found a, a place that does a lot of it's whiskeys. It's Bardstown Bourbon Company. Is that it's it's is? their back room oh, museum okay. room I didn't or whatever. That's where it was. Yeah, so okay. it's their back room. They have all these dusties. Oh. And yeah. so you can go. Trouble. Yeah. It's expensive, but yeah. if you go, they, they give you three bourbons. And I'm going to call them, see if we can podcast from there. And then a buddy of ours who works at uh, Middle West Spirits, Rudra, uh, he knows the guy at Just, Justin's House of Bourbon. And he's already told us that we could go into their back room. They have a speakeasy drinking room. Yeah. It's behind a shelf. They, they pull the lever and it opens neat. up. And yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you can podcast from here. So I've, I've already talked to him when Trina and I walked over there the other day. And he's like, oh, yeah, Rudra, blah, 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 blah. And, and so... Uh, I'm going to see if Rudra will join us down there and come That's down cool. for the yeah. evening. That's That'd my, be cool. yeah. Um, if we can get that other headset figured out, then we can have six people. You've got here, time. Right? Yeah. you got time. God, I'm so irritated so, by that. So to, so to come back to the where we're at now, trying to figure out different experiences, right, versus just, okay, let's let's go to another distillery. Because right. we've done so The tours many, are yeah. almost all identical. They tell you the history of bourbon. They tell you what what it takes to make a bourbon. They show you... There's just, a column still. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's what that big But you know what's funny is. is, is every tour I go on, there's probably three-fourths of the people that have never been to a yeah. distillery before, yeah. and they're all soaking it in. And I'm just sitting there like, all right, when's the bourbon? And I'm like... <laughs> Because we've heard it all before. Right. I mean, Stitzel Weller did a decent job. Well, it, the history you, was think, cool there. Yeah. I think Old Forester was one of my favorites in, in the new downtown yeah. setting. I mean, that that tour, did you all do the tour? We've never done the. They so were closed. You haven't done the Old Forester. Uh, no. So when so Tyler we and I went down the first time, we didn't, we didn't know what to expect. We'd never done the Bourbon Trail, so we were like, oh, let's let's not blow our wad on the first place we went to. <laughs> right. We went to Old Forester, and um, we just started talking to one of the guys behind the counter. Sure. And he took us all upstairs into the bottling room and, yeah. and gave us a little mini tour. Yeah. And we didn't pay for it. So it was like, all right. And then we went to Angel's Envy, did a tour there. Because we just didn't know. Sure. And um, in hindsight, the Angel's Envy tour was actually really good because the tasting was really good, the way they taught, walked you through the tasting and stuff. And, and their room where you do the tasting with that big oak table and stuff, it, it's really cool. Yeah. However, um, because of the pandemic, had I known, I would have done the old Forester tour and I would have... You know, oh, we're uh, gonna have to get you in there. Yeah, it's, yeah. The great thing about the old Forester tour is the fact that it ties in the history, but it's still new. Yeah, they've taken the original offices from 1910. That's where the offices have been, and uh, they've recreated it, and they'll walk you through the history of everything and the process. So you go. For, it's one of the only places you can watch them go from fermentation to distillation to putting it into a barrel. Barrels made on site, and then they've got the barrel house in the back. Yeah. So you actually get to see every attribute, and that's a temperature controlled barrel house, which makes it fun. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, you know, you go through the the cooperage too, right? So they're yeah. they're sitting there building these the guys, actual yeah. barrels. Oh yeah, and I was there really for cool. my buddy's birthday. Did you get to push the button. My uh, my buddy got <laughs> to push the button. It was his birth. We were there on his birthday, and they let him push the button. What to char the barrel? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. really? Oh, yeah. that's the, cool. the barrel comes along a conveyor line, and then 
if it's your birthday or if it's a special date, you push the button and it starts fire. Yeah, it's and cool. It charges the inside. That's it's cool. it's it's neat. Yeah. That's, so that's was, why it's it's a cooler experience for me because even though yeah it's it's telling you the history of bourbon like a lot of the other distilleries do you get to it's see more the interactive to too yeah I mean there's yeah. like visual displays it's interactive um, I I thought it was more engaging than some of the others yeah. well that's good I mean they've I, I feel like they need to start doing something like they've done so much now to all their visitor centers to make them a little more you know, visitable, if that makes sense, if yeah. that's a word. Sure. I just made it up, if not. <laughs> but uh, what I think is really awesome for me is that they are now starting to do that on the tours, too. Yeah. Like, if you look, and I, one thing I love or hate Buffalo Trace, you know, I know everyone is clamoring over their products. The one thing I love about their stuff is every one of their tours are free. Every one of them. You don't pay for any one of their tours, and they all finish with a tasting. Now, the tasting is always... Uh, their their vodka, the Wheatley vodka, then it's uh, Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare, then it's the uh, bourbon, ball. bourbon cream. cream with yeah. the oh, bourbon yeah. ball. Yeah. Um, and then they give you the root beer so you can mix them. But I thought that, that one tour they had, like they had a uh, Blanton's tour or something you had to pay for. They have a VIP that? tour where you get to taste the B-Tac stuff. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. But that's like three or $400, I think, a ticket. And you or you have to be part of something. It's it so it's yeah. now granted, I mean that wouldn't be much different than the thing we're thinking about doing at Bardstown Bourbon Company, but but you're getting to taste poss- possibly like Makers nineteen seventy seven and stuff, like the heyday of Makers that you know, before it changed and you know like well, and that's what I was gonna ask too, and I'm not gonna derail too much on this, but that place where you can taste those historical bourbons, you don't know what you're getting until you get there, correct? I'm gonna call them tomorrow and ask if everyone's okay. on on board. Well my only thing was if it's if you don't know until you get there, would it be better to go to a bar that sells those and buy them by the poor? No, they're not gonna have those. Okay. Well I didn't know if there were any I, places I don't know a like single that bar that, that would have anything. a nineteen seventy seven makers okay. or a you know, a, an old crow. <laughs> yeah. These are true dusty bottles. Yeah. Rare. This is like a museum. It's almost like a Justin's House of Bourbon, but better. Yeah. Justin's House of Bourbon is all a lot of... They have some older stuff, but it's like maybe 10, 15 years old. These are things from the 1900s, like okay. legit dusty bottles. And before some of the things have changed, like before some... Like Makers. You know, no one wants to talk about what changed at Makers, but something's changed at Makers. And if sure. you taste the 1977 Makers compared to the nowadays Makers... There's a huge difference. Lose their yeast strain, I feel like I heard, or something? Well, I know Stitzel Weller lost their yeast strain because Diageo bought it, and who knows if they have it in a vault somewhere, but it's not being used anymore. Right. So the stuff that was originally made to make Pappies and originally made Weller and originally made, that's all lost, or at least assumed lost. It's assumed lost. It may be sitting in a vault somewhere, and they may be doing something with it or trying to replicate. Who knows? But as far as everyone knows, it's lost. And that's why Julian, for so long, was trying so hard to buy barrels from Stitzel Weller after Diageo bought them because he knew what they had, and they didn't know what they had. Yeah. So he was sitting there buying those barrels from Diageo, then rebottling them as pappies until uh, uh, Sazerac and Buffalo Trace decided to come in. And, yeah. And so, I mean, if you read Pappy Land, for one, it's not a boring bourbon book. It's an actually well-written the, the guy who wrote it's an ESPN writer. He's actually a really good... He, he took a chance on... Uh, Wright Thompson, I think is his name. He took a chance on uh, on how I've he wrote it. it. Don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had some, too. Drink it. Um, and then we'll talk about it. But uh, he took a chance on how he wrote it. He wrote it as not so much about a story about Pappy as it was his relationship with Julian Van Winkle. 
that's what the story is. That's a good angle. And he tells the story of Pappy during that and interweaves it with their relationship. And he talks about his personal life too and trying to get pregnant with his wife and stuff. And and it's... He was trying to get pregnant? Yes. Okay. He watched Let's Junior clarify. with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he, he thought he could do it too. <laughs> Hopefully there's Dick. not a lot of details. <laughs> you know, as, as a nurse, a I story. wouldn't expect that shit from I you. I know. Maybe <laughs> Jeff, maybe Tyler, but not from you. Um, but no, seriously, uh, well-written book easy to read um it took me a couple months because i always read before i go to bed and it's like two paragraphs yeah, in. Yeah. I, I find myself reading the same two paragraphs and then i fall asleep um and then not i have to mention, to, not to I, mention the nightcap yeah and then i read them again the next night so it takes me like you know three days to finish a page um but it was not a hard read to be honest uh and what i what actually finished it up for me is it's we went on vacation by that. Yeah, we went on vacation and I just plowed through it. I got through it in like three days and started over and just finished it in like three days. It was such a good book. And it was all about the way he wrote it, in my opinion. I mean, the story of, of Pappy may not be a good story and maybe it is, I don't know, but the way he wrote it, it was. It was, it was a yeah, it's really history. Little, you know what I mean? That's... Yeah. And it's all about how you tell it and he told it well. So, um, this, what do you guys El think? President surprisingly mellow on the palate. It's less than 100 proof, so that's yeah. probably why. It's like a 98.4 or something like yeah. that. I, have to I thought it was 48 point something percent. Yeah, yeah so 96 yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention, though, we had some big bombs up front. Yeah. We had some higher proof oh, yeah. ones, so our palates are acclimating as we go yeah. here, and that's bringing it back a little, so... Yeah, and that's why I wanted to get into it before we got too high up with, like, the 1910 or something else over here on the barrel strength. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't want to burn us out and then come back to that. But, yeah, last week we did the 117 series, then came back to this. The 117 is 110, uh, or at least the Warehouse K one is. Yeah. So why, why, why the name 117? I don't know the story on it. I, did Jackie go over that with she, you? She explained the Warehouse K selection, but she didn't explain 117. If that she a, did, that I a, can't remember. It's not 117 years because they've been no, no, no. We're that. we're at 151 yeah. for Old Forester. Yeah, they started did the 150th in 1870th birthday last year. So address is that where Jackie lives? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna give you 117, and that's as far as we're gonna go. You just to catch a predator. No, <laughs> <laughs> got a plate of cookies waiting for you up front. <laughs> that's good. Chris Hansen walks in. <laughs> I thought Jackie was going to be here. I came for the whiskey. <laughs> Sit down. I swear. Seat. We've got video of you. <laughs> See, I, I asked a question that you didn't ask last week. What happened? We may have asked. I feel like you I should think, listen to it. Listen, if, if you listen to the podcast, take this angle while you're listening. Okay. Imagine Brett on a speed dating. I don't feel like I was like that at all. I was just trying to be engaged. You've heard other podcasts. Right? Yeah. Where we've had guests on who Tyler probably talks the least. He'll come in with like a pot shot every 15 minutes and ask a question that no one wants to hear the answer to. <laughs> but and, Brett usually asks really good questions. Yeah, but he's not super, super. He asked more questions than I did, if that tells you anything. Uh, he really likes Old Forester. I do really like Old Forester. <laughs> You're not wrong. Do you question my master taster? No. <laughs> do you interrogate my master taster? There was not an interrogation, that's for sure. No. Jack, I'll, I'll say this. Jackie's incredible. Yeah, she's, she's very, super She's nice. very personable. Her palate is fantastic. I'm just more and more impressed by her. Yeah. And she's doing leaps and bounds for the brand right now. It's just... Well, her palate, like, I, I had her tell the story about the vodka 
blind that she did. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. like, I wanted everyone to hear, like, that's an amazing palette. You can tell vodka from each other. You do a blind and pick them all out, then you're you've got something going on. So it's that, tough. Yeah. It's tough. I did Spirits Academy once, and we uh, Chris Morris taught it, and we did an entire day of vodka. Something that's flavorless, odorless, colorless, right. and you're differentiating right. based on mouthfeel, mouthfeel, texture, whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's just crazy. Viscosity. Yeah. It's it's. There's your word, Brad. There's your word. How they, how they can what? break down. So there's that. your word, viscosity. Oh, viscosity. I use that word a lot. I, I love viscosity on the tongue. Yeah. So that's big for me. That thick, oily. It is, and you know, I don't mean to derail you. I'm no, so no, sorry. No, go, keep going. But that will make me like something almost overtaste more. Yeah. You know what I mean? That mouth feel well, when it's it the coats same thing my with tongue. Food. Like you could have something sure. that just has a terrible, yeah. terrible texture or a great texture, and it could change your feeling on the well, food that, or the taste. That's yeah. one of the things that that's with Woodford. Me. With Woodford, you get that big black pepper bomb because they're using the, the pot stills. Right, the pot stills, yeah. And a lot of people are like, wow, they'll use the word hot. And I'm like, I want you to, dif- first off, differentiate your heat. Like, yeah. is it pepper or is it alcohol? That's it. There's right. your proof hot, which is that warming sensation, and then right. there's the black pepper. But we do what we call the flavor wheel tasting, where we'll do things like Parmesan, to bring out the nutty notes, we'll do oh. hazelnut. Have you have you never done no. the flavor wheel? No, t- I have oh. not. Oh, this is so cool. So you take a glass of Woodford Reserve, and because it's triple distilled and pot still, yeah. it's it's one of the most food-friendly whiskeys. Yeah. Obviously, it's got the same grain bill, so we've got our segue here with yeah. Old Forester. But when you eat Parmesan, the fats coat your tongue, and the salts wake up your palate. So it's sort of your, if you've ever had French dining, your amuse, your amuse-bouche, yeah. entertain your palate. Small bite. And it brings out the nutty notes that come from the barley. And then you do either a hazelnut or an almond. They're high in tannic acids. We're aging in barrels, so we're compounding the tannins. And that brings out the smokier notes. And then we have uh, an orange slice to show how effervescent it can be. We have a dried cherry or a craisin. And that's the one that really gets it. That's what I'm talking about here because there's natural sugars that are in there. And that'll cut the rye, that black pepper on the front. And you notice how velvety Woodford Reserve is on the palate. It just drapes over your tongue like a mid-rare filet, you know? And then we do the dark chocolate at the end to bring out all the baking spices from that barrel. Woodford Reserve is, <laughs> Woodford Reserve is a no, good base bourbon, like a, a good flagship. Like of all, the, I mean, I don't know that I can really think of a bad flagship of any bourbon, to be honest. Like Old their Forest 86 is good. A blind would but be not even their so double oak, just their regular Woodford yeah, yeah. is good. The Buffalo Trace is good. I mean, we used it's to not super complex, but... Derby Day. Because oh, yeah. I said before, I, I lived in Kentucky for five years, yeah. and we would drink uh, Woodford yeah. a lot on Derby Day. Absolutely. Well, you have to. It's yeah. the Woodford Reserve Kentucky yeah. Derby. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself a $1,000, $2,500 mint julep, right? <laughs> no. You get the cup with that, right? Yeah. You get a you, you get a either silver-plated or a gold-plated cup. You yeah. get a sterling silver swizzle straw. Think about that. Your tax bra- the tax bracket of your junk drawer immediately changes. The you <laughs> it. I don't know that I, that would be in my junk drawer though. That would right. That yeah. would have to be on display like if a little pedestal. For a, yeah. No, it's a, it's a fantastic process. Obviously, with that, we're giving all the proceeds away to charity. But oh yeah, for sure. But that flavor wheel just brings out and just knocks home the food pairings. Yeah, and I need to do that. I've we're never. Have, we'll have to I, do an episode of that. Yeah, I always. Bourbons and food taste together. Like they pair very well. Like chocolates and all that. I just don't want to be like eating on a podcast, right? And having people listen to me like chomping. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
See, you and I are two very different people. I do tastings all the time, and I like to make those sounds of people. And I like to have, if I got a room of 50 people, I want to see 50 people doing the Kentucky chew to me, you know? Yeah, right. Like, Just not yeah. on a microphone, that's all. That's what I mean. yeah. It doesn't make for good podcasting. That's yeah, that's what I mean. It's good podcast. I don't have to, like, tip my microphone up and, like, taste the chocolate and bring it back down. I, I cut you when, off, like, five times. No, I, the, I mean. Oh, when, so the other when, day. When you did, when Pete, when Pete did that, um, did the, um, the food pairing, with Old Forster down at Ale House. Yeah. That was an amazing experience. I mean, the, yes, the history of it was, was great, but sure. the way that you talked about the different uh, tasting notes of the bourbon and then as we ate the different, I think it was like a five-course meal too with it. Yeah. It was incredible the way that the, the chef paired a lot of things with the bourbon. Well, it's, I'll tell you what, part of it is fish in a barrel. There's over 200 and some flavors to it, so you start talking about it, and you're like, well, here's what I get first, here's that. Here's what they're serving. And I always lead with the flavor wheel. And I explain to them what that is. So those attributes find their way into it. But I will say Jackie had one of the greatest references as far as nose. Because there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. And a lot of people are intimidated by these whiskeys. And, and I tell people, I'm like, when it comes down to it, I've drank with most of the master distillers that are out there. And they're all just good old boys making juice. That's all it is. Yeah. The pomp and circumstance comes from the consumers. Yeah. And, and she's like, if you're smelling or you're tasting it, and you're trying to figure it out, she said, pretend you're in a candle store. She's like, okay, what's it remind you of? Well, it reminds me of grandma's perfume. What kind of perfume? It was flowery. What kind of flower? It was rose. You just got rose. Right. Right? And it's just taking the air out of it and enjoying it. It's juice. Well, we yeah. did a tasting with Tyler's Neighborhood. Yeah. And there was like 12 people, maybe 15 people there, something like that. And uh, it ended up going really well. But I think that, like what you said, Pete, everyone that was there was afraid to tell you what they were thinking. Yeah, because they thought I, they were wrong or something. Well, yeah, I think they were maybe intimidated. But like that's the thing I think people have to get out of their own head. And if you smell something, you smell it. <laughs> it's there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're wrong if I don't smell it. Yeah. It doesn't mean if you're wrong oh, no. and Jackie doesn't smell it. It right. just means that's what you got on it. And everyone's everyone's recall is different. So I smell bananas. I might think of growing up and, and some sort of cereal or, or Pop-Tart or something that I ate as a kid that brings that you know memory back to me. And I might think, oh, Bananas Foster. Forster, Jeff, please. Jeff's, like, Jeff's never heard of Bananas Foster. So. <laughs> bananas Forster, every, please. Every time now, I'm going to smell that. I'm going to say Bananas, bananas Forster. Forster. Yeah. something. I think we need to talk to the people at round two for their next dessert. <laughs> yeah. Banana Forster. That might even be on their uh, menu. I have to look. I didn't look at the desserts the other day. But, it's not uh, a bad idea. But I tell you what, man. Like, I think that when I first started on this, too, I was afraid to tell people what I thought. Yeah. And now it's just like, eh, I get this, I well, get this. And that's part of the reason why I like to lead with the flavor wheel tasting, because it's interactive, and it sort of loosens people up. Yeah. Not only that, but you're also getting a little bit of liquor on your lips, <laughs> and they start to relax. That's one of the biggest things that I like to push. I yeah. tell people right out the gate, the best whiskey is one you like. Yeah. The best way to drink it is however you like, because you're the one paying the bill. Right. And with American whiskeys, price is Pretty much arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. It is. There's category it is. fillers, you know? Sure. I, well, that was like I mean, our tasting we did. There, I saw a couple of people kind of like choking. I'm like, put water in it. Like, yeah. Dilute it down. Like, there's no yeah. wrong way yeah, to You don't enjoy have to it. drink it neat. Just because yeah. we drink it neat doesn't mean you have to. And and I, I love these forums online where someone posts a picture of their bourbon with like an ice cube in it. And people are like, what are you doing to the, you're ruined. I'm like, 
That's you, how he likes it. He paid for it. Who, yeah, cares? who cares? For the first two years of my bourbon drinking, I drank mine with ginger ale. Now yeah. it's slowly backed off, but but that's how that's what I recommend. I'm like a lot of these tastings, you'll have the spouse sitting off to the side that's not the big fan. And I'm like, listen, if you want to experience it, you can just sniff it, or take your whole glass of water, put that little bit of that one ounce into the water. You're still going to get the profiles. Yeah. There's yeah. No, there's no well, wrong way to drink whiskey. And Greg Metz even told us, he's like, when we do the profiles, when we taste, we proof it down to 40 proof. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, 40 proof, I think. And uh, that way they can taste the impurities better. And they can, it, it opens it up to the point where they can, if something's not supposed to be there, there is for sure. no hiding at that point. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can bury a lot behind a high proof. Yeah. But once you bring it down, you take it back, it all stands out. Well, when you have a guy like Greg Metz who's been in the industry as long as he has, Telling us, oh yeah, I, I drank these at forty proof, and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I never even I would have never even thought to proof it down to like not to that that's low, ha- but that's half water, half yeah. bourbon. Yeah, for some of them, I mean, that's three or two parts water to one part bourbon in some of these. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, but I guess if that's what you're looking for, and I mean, traditionally, I think if you could taste something that tastes amazing, but the proof might hide something, and then as soon as it gets bottled, you're like, whoa, what is that like? The grass. The grass clippings. <laughs> we went to Lux yes. Row, and they have the, the distiller's They're collection Ezra. for Ezra Brooks and for uh, Rebel. Okay. And so we went on this tour. We go into their tasting afterwards. They give us two Davies Counties. They give us the Lux Row 12, and then they give us a distiller's collection of, uh, of Ezra. Ezra Brooks. And it tasted like grass clippings. And I'm like, what? she even called it too. She was like, and she's like, this is, yeah, well, this is probably one of the worst distiller's collections we've ever had. I'm like, then why are you putting it on the tour? You're not going to get me. trying to, to get rid of it. But you're not going to get me. Part of specials. You know how you get rid of it? You take the good distiller's collection, you put it in the tasting, and then in the gift shop, you sell the grass clippings. <laughs> well, because I was going to buy no one. Because no one's going Thank to go God buy God one. Thank God I tasted it in, yeah, the, yeah. in the tasting because I was going to buy one. You're not going to go buy one after you taste grass clippings. No. Like, yeah. Well, and she tasted I mean. it at barrel proof. They were telling us the story. The girl that made the pick tasted it at barrel proof. They proofed it down to 112. 112. And it tastes like grass clippings. And that's the thing I don't it get, and that's the thing that irritates me about. Everyone said yeah. it, too. And, and this is the thing I don't get about Luxro. This is the one complaint I have about their cask strength and their and their um, distiller's collection is they're always 120 and 112. Like, that that's makes no strength. sense. Like, no, I mean, but cask strength's not legally defined. I so, know. so they can call anything cask strength. It, but the, if they're only, they're only serving you fire, that makes me wonder what they're hiding. But my point of this is, right. is that... If you have 120 every time, you're not getting the best profile every time. No, that's what I'm saying. There, yeah. it, you're, there's a lot of heat on that. Yeah. And if everything you're serving is at that hot level, what's what's there? Well, when, when you think about Elijah Craig, barrel proof, you'll have a 130 proof, you'll have a 118 proof, you have a 127 proof. They they put it at the proof that makes sense for that bourbon. Mm-hmm. Now they call it barrel proof, but they they. They, they dilute it down. They have to yeah. to get it to the right profile every time, guaranteed. Because there's nothing that defines what a barrel proof has to be. It doesn't have to be exactly as it is out of, as it comes out of the barrel. That's not that's an assumption. But they, I've heard different distilleries say barrel proof doesn't mean that. They can yep. they'll they'll proof it down and they'll get it. You know they they won't go too far, but they'll at least proof it down a couple points just so that they can get that right profile. Like sure. it might just be a little too hot. You add a little bit of water and now it's great. I thought there's what vary so much because they have three seasons right a b and c because whenever they they pull but that to, they're to all 12 it. years old so they've all gone through 
11 but, summers at least. Right, exactly. You know? so, so that's, to me, that's why, I, I don't know, maybe that's something each, that, each season, that I have to see. Each to see season is going to make more or, evaporation or less evaporation. So like 92 might have been more than 93. And then, so, you know, the ones that are, that are coming out, you're right, that's, you're going, but some of them are going to go up and prove, some of them are going to go down and prove right. just because of where they're at in the warehouse, right. too. And that's, sure. and that's the, the different variations that you'll see in A, B, and C. They're always different, and year to year, they're always different. Yeah, but a lot of it is, you know, they don't always pick from the top floor. They don't always pick from the bottom floor. They always go and, and pick one that just tastes good. Sure. So it's not like the C ones always come from the first floor in warehouse J. It's not sure. like, that's yeah. not how they do it. Well, and they're, and they're not single barrels, either. No, right, um, because the, they're mass the barrel them. proofs are are batched. Right, correct. Um, but my point is, is that I don't think there's a. I know that they they proof them down a little bit. You know, I'm not saying sure, they, but some of them obviously to get to the the profile that they wanted at. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and and they may not proof down one because it tastes great how it is. I mean, but I know that they have done that to some. Sure. So. I don't think that that's necessarily a, a problem. I think, if anything, that's a good thing because you're ensuring that the product is going out the door good. Right. When you know that someone's tasting a, a Luxro, Ezra Brooks distiller or barrel, you know, at cask strength, and maybe that's 127, they're tasting it at 127 and it gets proofed down to 120, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 127 I think tastes amazing, 120 tastes like grass clippings. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, I've never had a bad distillers thing. collection from them, and their this was their old Ezra 7 is one of my go-tos all the time. I, I They've love got that. that here, speaking of which, yeah. sitting right over there. I know, I was just Bottom looking up. at their yeah. selection that they have here online. Yeah, what does their Russell's 13 go for? Uh, 48 for one ounce. So just get four of those? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> On y'all, all right. <laughs> my my card only takes Brown Foreman products. <laughs> I think that could be arranged on the computer. Yeah, um, that might have been me. I don't know. No, nah, it's one of us. We, we're all moving around. Um, so, what do you want to go to next? What do we I, want? Do you want to talk to about this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I we talked about it a little bit. I got I get a little bit more oak on this one. It's I think eleven summers old is what they called it, or something yeah. like that. Mm. Or maybe it was nine. So I think it's at eleven, right? You're right. I think so. I got the same nose. I don't want to say this. Similar nose is probably a better word as the single barrel that we did earlier, and right. it was more diluted down, um, and that may be like a lower proof. I don't know. Well, this one's ninety six something. The other one was oh, ninety. Not, so that's wrong. But we, I do get more age on this. I, I definitely yeah. got the oak a little bit a little more leather oak forward. For me. I do get yeah. more viscosity on the tongue though. I got with that, that one. too. I, I got that whole cover, whole mouth coverage. I like it. I like I, it a lot. Yeah. It, it kind of pisses me off that I like it as much as I do because I know I'm probably never getting another bottle of it right. unless I just happen to look over there at the same time that I did like. You know, if I went to Lavender, you were going to tell the story and then you did it. Oh, I never told it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, well, we've segued a few. So, yeah, basically what happened is we were at Louisville for Louder Than Life. And so I had booked a hotel, a Spring Hill Suites, right on the, the Expo Center fairgrounds. About a month later, I go and look at my reservation just because Trina was asking which hotel we were, looking, we were staying in. And it had me in downtown Louisville. It switched me. And the reason being is as soon as they announced Louder Than Life dates, I went and booked it. And I got it for like 120 bucks a night or something like that. They moved it up to $300 a night once. And so instead of, instead of keeping my reservation, they moved me to downtown Louisville, which is like four miles away. Right. I was fine with it. But um, so we get there on Thursday. 
And that's the first day of the concert. It started at 1 p.m. We arrive at like 1 o'clock, and Trina still needed to get ready. She decided to get ready at the hotel. Um, so I'm just like sitting there and getting a little bored. It's like 2.30. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out and take a walk and see what bourbon I can find. And there was a, there's a um, right... Right Caddy across corner. the street. Yeah, there's a, uh, well, right across the street from Spring Hill Suites is uh, the liquor barn. It's diagonally to the okay. right if you're yeah. looking out. And yep. so I just walked out, started walking left. I went the wrong way. And I, about a block later, I'm like, oh, shit, it was to the right. What was I thinking? And then I was like, well, but Old Forester's right over there. I'm just going to walk over to Old Forester. So I walk up to Old Forester. There's like five people in line in front of me, maybe seven or eight, whatever. And uh, I'm thinking, well, COVID, they're probably not letting people in. You know, they're probably keeping a smaller capacity inside the store until someone comes out and then letting someone in. And so I, I walk in and say, I said, you guys limiting numbers due to COVID. And he's like, no, no, we're about to do our president's choice release. I'm like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, it was 2.55 at this point. And I go, uh, what time are you doing that? He goes, three o'clock. I looked, I'm like, five minutes from now. I was like, not enough time, gotta go. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Trina can wait. So uh, I get in line, and uh, they actually started letting us in almost immediately. So, like, at 3.05, I'm walking out with a problem. I'm texting nice. you guys the whole time, and Tyler's like, I hope he don't get it. I'm like, Tyler. He's the other guy. Yeah. I'm glad he's not here. <laughs> That's why he hasn't gotten any yet, and it's almost half gone. Um, you should have gone out and played the lottery that day. Yeah, I'll say real. that because well, that seems like karma. Well, so it gets, I think it gets better. I go to a Target <laughs> and there's bookers just sitting on the shelf. And I'm like, we can't get bookers like that here. So I texted these guys and he's like, grab me one, grab me one. And I'm like, all right. So have got, you tried that yet, got, by the way? I got two I bottles of bookers. Yet. I have one too. It's the tag along. It's the oh, 02, nope. not the 03, okay. I think, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I grabbed two of them. That's the other thing you can't do here, grab two of them. Right. Yeah. So I grabbed yeah. two and then uh, posted it on Instagram. One of my, uh, one of our guys that listens to us, uh, Black Bourbon Maverick, he goes down to uh, Target where he was and grabbed one too. He's like, and gives me a shout out. He's like, thanks for the, the tip or whatever. And then uh, what else did I, what else, did, something else happened. I got something. This recently. is all in the same trip. Yeah. Well, those two were, yeah. That was the next day. That was the next day. And then uh, I got something else. Oh, yeah. So just last week, I'm on that barrel tasting. And I, I couldn't go on, on Wednesday with them. So I'm like, well, after my training was over from the hotel, I just leave the hotel. And I'm like, I'm just going to swing by Buffalo Trace, Blanton's Day. So <laughs> I go to the gate. The guy goes, oh, it's Blanton's Day. I'm like, Perfect. all right. Oh, yeah. I've been there probably 10 times. It's never been Blanton's Day. Never. Yeah, same. I've had Eagle Rare there. I've had uh, E.H. Taylor, but I've never had Blanton's Day. They always have Weller now. And so then I walk yeah. out, I'm walking out with my... That's uh, not hard to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm walking out with my uh, Blanton's, and uh, there's Freddie Johnson sitting right there. I'm like, <laughs> hey, can I get a picture? He's like, sure. Yeah, and, he, and I'm about to take a picture. He goes, no, no, no. Let's go over here by these barrel heads so that there's a barrel head behind us. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like you've done this before. <laughs> and he started laughing. You know, he was super nice. Like wasn't annoyed at all sure and then someone saw me taking a picture then as they were leaving another guy was leaving he's like oh there's frank johnson let me get a picture." you know so they've all seen neat apparently so um so that was uh that was kind of neat because all the times i've been there i've only seen no it maybe from a from a di- from a distance um but uh so that was kind of neat yeah blanton's a whole bunch no, of that's, picks. that's a great trip. Every Johnson. time he goes to Kentucky now, because when we were there last December, very fine rare, very fine rare yeah. bourbon. I guess this does happen for me. Doesn't <laughs> when it? we went, we didn't find shit. Really, that's true. 
the only thing we got to the five brothers. That was probably the only thing. I did get the Blood Oath. I got the five yeah. brothers. I got the Luxro 12. I got the Rebel 10 single barrel. Mm-hmm. It's not so, bad. I mean, that's, th- that's, all, that's yeah. all in the distillery, though. They're yeah. always there. Right. Um, but they sold out of Blood Oath by the time you got right. it. So we need to do the Blood Oath episode. We haven't done I know. That. I know. So, um, so what do you guys what, think on this? I mean, overall, what do you think of the president's choice? Oh, I mean, it's solid. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's a hunt. Any day, I agree. It's I, a hunt. I think no it's questions. really good. I mean, we said that last week, but I yeah. think I a week later, still good. Holds true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's been sitting there open for a week now, so I mean, little little. For being open for a week, that still has a lot of body to yeah. it. Yeah. The I'm, oxidation I'm hasn't consumed it. No, and it, it maybe even improved it just a touch. So I'm I'm fine with it. I thought it tasted really good. Yeah, it, it's good. I I, I said that. A few minutes ago, but I, I love the viscosity of it, the, yeah. the way it just coats your mouth, and then it kind of lets the oak settle in versus like hitting you with oak in the face as soon as you take a sip. Yeah, Big it, slow approach. Yeah, and I think we talked about that last week a little bit. How it's it's not like a drying oak. It's not like a tannic drying right. flavor. It's you taste the tannins and the oak, but it's not overwhelming. And it didn't dry my mouth out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the one thing Agreed. I hate about super old. Like some Elijah Craig's can do that, the 18s. Sure. You can taste it, and then you're like, next thing you know, your tongue feels like a sponge, and it's just like, where'd all the moisture go? You know, it's like, and it's it dries it out. But but uh, I've been lucky with Tyler's Elijah Craig 18 and mine. They both taste his, pretty good. I haven't had yours. His is very good. Yeah. Mine's, mine's I don't think mine's as good as his, but it's still pretty good. Um, but I've had it at a bar. Well, he doesn't listen anyway. So. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Only when we ask for reviews to make fun of him. That's right. when he listens. Yeah. The one time he listens. Did you end up winning? No, Jimmy, remember? Oh, Jimmy, yeah, Barnes. Jimmy Barnes. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we so did. we did an episode where uh, Tyler wasn't on, and uh, we decided, I don't know what spawned it, but we decided we needed some more five-star reviews, and we so we decided on the spot in the middle of the episode to do a competition. We'd give away a bottle. We gave Ezra some choices. Seven, well, we gave some choices, and, yeah. and they could choose which one they wanted if they won, but they had to give us a five-star review and then rip on Tyler in the review. Ah. <laughs> so if you look at all of our reviews online, they're hilarious. They're all making fun of Tyler, like the, the palate of a toddler and stupid stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> but, they give us, but, then, but then it doesn't match because yeah. they're like a five-star review, but then they're just ripping Tyler to shreds. <laughs> Um, Sounds like you got you got what you asked for. Well, then that's the weekend that he hurt. He was in the golf cart accident. Yeah, and he oh, he had to get surgery on his knee after that. He, his toe got ripped off basically, and he's Good driving God. he's driving back in the car and listening to Re- the, po- the only, <laughs> reading reviews of people bashing. No, no, him. no. He, he just listened to the podcast, knew yeah. that we had done the the, uh, the competition. The competition. Thing, yeah. And uh, that was yeah, the one the time he listened to the episode. Yeah, because the next week I came up for the for the podcast and and you, we off. picked a winner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we did a, a we did another huge tasting like this. So, Every time I come up here, we're doing like eight pairings in the night. <laughs> You're the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We want, we want to jump into a barrel strength, or what do we want to do? Sure. I know Brett's been eyeing that 1910. I've been well, I've been eyeing the 1920. Honestly, or is it the 20? Well, yeah. Oh, we have to do a 1915. You let's, want to do a 1915 real quick? Let's do that. Okay. Break it down. Let's do the yeah, 1915. Let's do that. All right. How do we How do we go about uh, mixing it's one this to up? one? I believe, but it's, it's one to be, one. Absolutely. Well, do we, we Do we want to ask for like a bar tool up there? Like do half and half up there? Like we can pour it into here, then pour it into there, and then pour it in, and then mix it, and then pour it out. I'd like to think that I have an educated eyeball. Then, <laughs> yeah. Let you pour them. Go for oh, it. Let you pour them. With the tool at bottom, I just don't know that we're going to get any. 
we might end up with a 1913 June, <laughs> June 1913, 1917. <laughs> right, are you going for how are we doing this? Let let one person. I'll let you do and it. And you just blocked his view. No, oh, no, no, no we're good. He's good. This isn't his first radio. So we're doing a 1915. So if you don't know what that is, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's a one part 1920, one part yeah. 1910. It's not really a 1915. I didn't know if he was doing them all. But we're I can let him do them all. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's become this thing where people are making labels for them. And, and uh, I think we were talking before the podcast, there was a, a guy in uh, Central Ohio Whiskey Society that made a label, right? It, first off... This is ooh, someone's getting a bit more. <laughs> That's his. Yep. There we go. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. There we go. So yeah, 1915. It's a combination of the 1910 and the 1920 with the with the 1920. Oh, yours, Brett. Yeah. With the 1920, you get that big bomb out of it. It's just a whole lot of flavor. And with the 1910, you get all these good, great oak notes. That second barreling just gives a lot of oak and tannin. So by combining the two, the best part of this is it's 100% organic. It's just people who like to drink whiskey. And they said, well, that's good. That's good. Why don't we try them both? Yeah. Did, did this spawn it, from the shortage of 1910, people making their 1910 not at stretch all. further? This has nothing. Look at that. He did really good. That's impressive. <laughs> now, now that might not have been really good in every glass, but it ended up really good. Right. There, there, we, so he ends up with what we're talking about is we have the two bottles side by side, and they're very, very close to being even. So meaning he that was a freehand pour. Too. He yeah. freehand poured a 1915 four times, and it came out pretty even on That's the bottles. That's a few years in bars and restaurants, right. right there. Now I will say the 1910 has a little more left. The one on that side has a little more left. That's just a touch. Just a touch. It's that, very minor. That's called bias. <laughs> a little more. So we, so we are probably with a 1960. 1960. 1960. So, yeah, so, this is 100% completely organic. Yeah. And I'm flipping through the interweb the other day, and I notice there's a bottle of 1915, complete label. Yeah. To your point, and I'm like, holy mackerel. And it looked good. What is this? And the first person I reached out to was Jackie. I said, are you playing with me? And No, someone's even... No, no. I think someone even put out the PDF where you can download it and print your own labels if you want. That's cool. Now, on behalf of Brown Foreman, I'm going to say, please don't do that. (laughs) Be aware there is no 1915. But for those of you who are enjoying not one of my bottles, but two of them... (laughs) Mix them together. Right. Have fun. Why not? It, Have fun. And it's fun because the blending is starting to become a thing for whiskey drinkers right now. I listen to the Bourbon Road. Um, they they just had a whiskey blending competition. It was all bourbons. It had to be bourbons. It could be weeded or rye. Um, they just did their episode where they announced the winner recently. And then um, Mash and Drums doing like a blend again. Um, but that's becoming a thing right now. I think people are starting to really enjoy. I did Mash and Journey, which is Mash and Drums Barrel Club. Uh, they had a Ezra Brooks cast strength, and they had a Rebel cast strength. And he said if you mix them one to one, amazing flavor bomb. And I mixed them. I was like, holy crap, this is good. Yeah. And see, that's a full circle for Old Forester too. A lot of people don't know this. When Old Forester first came out, it was actually a blended whiskey back when it was back, for medicinal yeah. use. Yeah. So. It was a few distilleries combined together. Obviously, now we don't get paid to sell other people's juice. So 
by people mixing these two together, it's sort of a natural yeah, progression. Throw that. Yeah. Throw that. yeah. Have you had this before? Yes, and it's it's like a I s'mores to me. So it's it's marshmallow. You can't say s'mores; it's alcohol. That's that's. It is marshmallow on the nose and like graham cracker on the palate. That's and it better. Is a delicious can't say s'more. Jackie said you couldn't use s'mores in the description because that then advertises oh, yeah, to kids. It does. So she said graham cracker, I mean, like, chocolate, marshmallow. Absolutely. <laughs> Adults enjoy s'mores, right? No, but, you know, s'mores know, are a kid yeah. thing. Like, they really are. It, it brings out the kids. Yes, yet yet there's vodkas out there called loopy. Right. And, yeah, right. Fruit Loops and all that. <laughs> but I always get tons of marshmallow on the nose with the yeah. 1920. It's, yeah. it's all marshmallow. I, I love the 1920. I, 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 like the, I like the 1910 as well. Have you had this before, the blend? I've done it once. It's been over a year ago now, so... Um, but I've yeah, I think, I think blending, so this becomes a four, well, not this one, but the, the cask strength, uh, Lux Row, when I was talking about, becomes a four grain. You got your wheat, your rye, your, you know, malted barley and your, and your uh, corn, yeah. which is interesting. So and there's even toasted marshmallow in this, on the end, on the finish drink? Absolutely. I love this. <laughs> he didn't even wait. This is my like, So what favorite. are you getting on the nose, guys? Marshmallows. Brett skipped ahead. Brett marshmallows skipped all day. This is uh, a good nose. I'm gonna say marshmallow for sure. I don't know if it's just the persuasion. Uh, persuasion, <laughs> but a little suggestive selling. Yeah. yeah, this is just one of my favorite combinations of anything. Oh my god! It's got the viscosity. It's got the marshmallow. I, just, I could just sit here and smell it. I know it is phenomenal. I'm trying to figure out what say, spice I'm getting on my nose. I cheated and I took a sip and. I, I have to. I, I had That's to get my, my palate wet a little bit, and then I get back to the smell. I've yeah, got, I've I got no too. control when it comes to this. I know. And, I'm, I'm and, the same way. Yeah, I favorite. get the marshmallow. I get a lot of that sweetness. That oak from the 1910 comes through and holds it. Oh, my gosh. I get a slight marscapan that's in there, and I think that's what you were talking about earlier mm. when you're like, I can't figure out oh. what that sweetness is. It's that marscapan. That, that yeah. finish is so good. It just... It's like a freaking s'more. It, it almost like, like it's been like toasted in a campfire. The interesting thing is it all hits you on the tongue. Caramelized. Yes. Yeah. But then there's like a delayed reaction where it hits you again on the back of the tongue, and then there's a little bit of a warm burst in your chest, which is nice. I get that. That. Yeah, that like, I'm having a heart attack. I don't know something. I get that spice <laughs> on the back of my throat and back of the roof of my palate too. Yeah. No, that's like, but it's oh, late. Yeah, back, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's late. delayed. It's, yeah. Yeah. I agree. With that 1910 oak coming through, but that it just, it's a flavor bomb. I'm all spice on my palate right now. I'm still getting that spice on my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. Uh, I can drink this all day. Yeah. All day long. And like I can I find said, these readily. You know what I mean? Like That's the one thing about all the old foresters, regular shit. Like, the Whiskey Rose shelfers now, they're all shelfers. Um, I can't find the, the 1910 anywhere Oh, right it's now. everywhere. You just have to look. Yeah, oh. we have it up here. They have OHLQ. You know that app? <laughs> the the, the oh, treasure oh, map? I'll bite my tongue. You treasure can, map. Well, listen, it's a great app. You just can't find allocated stuff on it, and I don't expect yeah. you to. Anything allocated is gone that day, so why would you want it to be in there anyway? It's going to show up, and it's going to be gone. Yeah, it's going to be frustrated. Gripe, but I think it's a great app. I, I do, too. I I use it when I'm out of state, but trying to find other things that I can't get here, and I'll go in there and see what retail is. To oh yeah, know, be, you know, because yeah, markets. Well, you know what other app does that? Booze app is a great app for that. It'll tell you a okay. good secondary, and it'll tell you a good. Uh, it'll tell you the fair price. It'll tell you the the normal secondary price, and it'll tell you the expected retail. Okay. 
So like, uh, for example, what's, what's something, like, let's say El Martili, because that's always ridiculous. $37.99 for retail. Or, yeah, it's a $40. Suggested retail. So you put in El Martili, and then you hope you have a good cell service. <laughs> <laughs> this is great podcasting right here. Sorry, guys. Um, no, but Banana Forester. <laughs> <laughs> Keep saying that. So you right now, there's a chef out there saying, I've got an idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use Old Forester bourbon yeah. to make a Banana Forester. Hey. Um, they need to start doing it at the, uh, yeah. on the tour. I, I, I'll say this. I was sitting right here at the table right next to us not so. a week ago, and I started talking about food which we have a tendency to do when we talk about these whiskeys. And I brought up the hot brown. And coming soon to round two is the hot brown sandwich here Ooh. as a featured I dish. love a hot brown. I don't know anybody else I in town. I think that was on the menu yesterday. Is that a brunchy item? Yes. Because I think that was on the menu yesterday, maybe. Official sandwich right. of Kentucky? I'll, I'll ask again. I don't know what a brown fork. A hot brown, brown. A hot brown? Is or a hot brown. A hot, oh, so think okay. about think about a hot lunch. Yeah, it's like a hot, a hot lunch. brown bag. I, we're treading on <laughs> rice paper here. All right, right. Well, just look up hot lunch on the internet. You'll get it. You'll figure it out. Or don't. <laughs> a hot brown is the official sandwich of Kentucky, and yes, Kentucky has its own sandwich, and it's it, it goes back. It's called brown because it was made at the Brown Hotel. Okay. And it's an open-faced turkey sandwich. You get thick-cut turkey on top of a piece of Texas toast. There's a slice of bacon. Put an X of bacon on top, a nice slice of tomato. And then the best part of it is Mornay's, which is just a cheese sauce. Mornay's? Mornay's. It's a Mornay's sauce, yeah. It's a fancy word for cheese sauce. Okay. So it's you put all that together, you put it under the heat lamp, the salamander, yeah. and you get wait until that cheese all starts to bubble. And that's the official sandwich of Kentucky. Now, if you take that bacon and you put a nice whole Forrester glaze on top of it, think about that. Cheese, bourbon, bacon, where do you go wrong? I have a shirt that says freedom, bacon, bourbon. It's, <laughs> I like it. God yeah. bless America. It's on our website. Yeah, I was going to say, I might have to order that before we get down. Yeah. I own a shirt company, by the way. They, they are the sponsor of the uh, podcast. The first time you've <laughs> said that on the podcast. No, it isn't. <laughs> You're being funny. I yes. hope. Okay. <laughs> I was just letting. I was just letting Pete. Uh, Pete yeah. I'm, I'm new to the table. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's our sponsor. <laughs> uh, but he's wearing one of our shirts right there, actually. Yeah. I love it. Although that was a that was a trial shirt, so you're getting the pink a through pink it. I only through. did one pass yeah. on the white. I should have done two. I like it though. But I've amended the uh, design now. It's it's got two passes now. We actually years ago for Old Forester. I, I set up, we had a t-shirt, designed the t-shirt for Old Forester competition. I'm thinking that was probably, at this point, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. And we had people all over the state, and it was linked, it was part of Old Forester, it was linked with their website, and anybody could enter to design the next promotional t-shirt for Old Forester. And it was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was. Uh, really you'll get cool. some yeah, people come cool. through with some crazy ideas, some super creative ideas. I mean, it, they do some stuff here with like craft breweries here as well, where you can like create the next label and yeah. stuff. And I think that's awesome. Well, that? it's just just reeling in the consumers, yeah. and the consumers are as they drink it's your product. Huh? It's they're a they, yeah. they they're having their own relationship with it. 
I love that. Okay, you're you see, okay, for, the, for those of you who can't see, <laughs> he's showing us his shirt. It says "Bourbon makes everything okayer." Okayer. Okayer. That's why I said it's a Tylerism. That's a ty- That's <laughs> why I made it. This is something it is Tyler, a Tyler would say. Yeah. We we need to, we need to make him. He's not going to hear this anyway, so I can say it. We need to make, <laughs> we, we need to make him a shirt of like Tylerisms oh for when God. we go down. So Tyler's birthday is right around when it's December fourth. Yeah. So yeah. so we that's why one of the other reasons why this started when they started going down to the Bourbon Trail was for Tyler's birthday, and it was right around Repeal Day. So perfect. So so we should make him a shirt of Tylerisms for his birthday. For, for as many times as you like talked about down Tyler, y'all might need an escort to your car on the way <laughs> So the, the best part about Tyler, honestly, he asks the dumb questions. It's, and, it's not, and he claims that he does it on purpose. So for the average viewer or listener or whatever who doesn't know everything about bourbon. Because he is the average viewer that doesn't know anything <laughs> he, about bourbon. But his, his <laughs> shtick is he doesn't do any prep for any episodes. He doesn't, like look up anything like if he knew we were going to be on with Jackie he wouldn't read anything about Jackie he'd ask a question that everyone should know about her like what is your job you know (laughs) now obviously you want to ask that on a podcast so that she can answer it and people will become familiar with her but like that's the stuff he would ask and he would ask it after she's been talking for 40 minutes he'd be like now where do you work and she's already explained it you know like that's that's what Tyler does so, his, Pete, the, so, like, what do you do when you go to bars? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but he, he's good, though. He has, he's actually, his palate's starting to come along. Yeah. It used to be horrible, and now he's actually, uh, he's, yeah, he's he, getting some he, good notes. He, tur- he turned me on to that IW Harper 15. Oh, yeah, That's it's good. That's the reason I See, got it. They have that here, by the way. They have that here at round two. I've got it at round one at my house. (laughs) We're all on a different trip, and that's the big thing. Yeah. If if you've been up in Powell, you've been to Prohibition, right? Yes. When I first met Elton up there, he was a vodka drinker. Okay. And our offices were close by. You might have noticed we left a footprint there. There's a few Jack Daniels barrels laying around. (laughs) Just a couple. Just a couple. And now that's, uh, that's... one of the more notorious spots, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a great location. Yeah. I, I almost brought a, a Knob Creek uh, rye pick from them. From Prohibition? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I almost brought that up today. So do they sell Let's their bottles it. when they have uh, no, So um, one of the, the liquor stores, um, which one is Partnered it? with them or something? Yeah, uh, what's the one up in Powell right next, not, not too far from them? Chateau? Yeah. I think it was Chateau... Um, did, yeah, did yeah. A, a barrel split with them. They, they've done it a couple times, and so then Chateau sells them. No, that's a cool idea. That's what, like, uh, bourbon enthusiasts will do that with mash and grape, too. Yeah. And so it'll say mash and grape on it, but then it'll have a bourbon enthusiast sticker. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the things I wanted to say when we were talking about the, the treasure map, as I put it. The state of Ohio, for as much as people are like, oh, we're a control state, and they want to immediately just... We have come a long way oh. in just a matter of a handful of years sure. where... They are really looking out for the bourbon consumers, and they are making more and more possible, and leaps and bounds. Yeah. I do like the lottery system. I don't like that I haven't won yet, (laughs) but what I I like about it is if they didn't do the lottery system, you'd have lines out the door. Yeah. There'd be at 4 a.m. or the night before, they'd have, you know, chairs, and they'd be sitting there at, you know, 11 p.m. the night before, sitting in a chair with their iPads 
just waiting the next day, and you'd never get it anyway. At right. least this with at least with this, you have a chance. Yeah, it spreads it out. And, and my my qualms earlier weren't anything. I mean, I I like the system. I like that they make it more fair for the for the average bourbon consumer. Sure. Um, but the to kind of make this full circle when, when you talk about the the whiskey unicorn getters right right you know the half of them the flippers don't, yeah well and, and not even just the flippers it's the it, it's the ones that go in and buy it just because of the name yeah they have they don't know but they, they don't, like it or not right. or maybe they just like it because of the name right you know when, when i down where i live when i went in line one day there was you know five or six guys in front of me like okay if they have any delicious I'll, I'll be able to get a bottle and one of their friends walks in, and, and he's like, what do you want me to grab? And he's like, oh, just grab one of those. And I'm like, uh, you, don't even, you don't even know if you like that, and you, you're just grabbing it to grab it because that's it. Like telling you. Yeah. That's and, it. And, and, and E.H. Taylor small batch is one of my favorite because of the spice. I, I love that small batch. So it just, that's With, what that irritates me. Whiskey's meant to be drank. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's meant to be drank, and some of those cats that will go in there and, and just purchase it out, right? They it's it's keeping people like ourselves from getting to them to right. trying it. Yeah. So yeah. well, and I think so. So that's the whole. If you listen to the, so I I honestly recommend if you haven't watched it already, watch the episode of Mash and Drum where he has the administrator or whatever superintendent of the OHLQ on the show. Canepa? Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually outstanding. People were kind of making fun of him on the episode, but like, and then people were asking stupid questions or saying stupid things, and he's just like, you guys are idiots. He's like, you're idiots. Do you think that we, like, he was like, what do we get out of doing the things you're saying that we're doing? Like, that they're holding it in a warehouse for six months. He's like, that doesn't benefit us. We're trying right. to make money. We're trying to right. sell it. So right. holding right. it in a warehouse for six months doesn't... He's like, now the lottery stuff, you know, we'll we'll plan a lottery and it'll sit in the lottery, or it'll sit in the warehouse for maybe two months for that. But he's like, but we're not sitting on Blanton's by the pallet. He's like, we get it in, we push it out. Right. He said, as soon as we process it, it's out. And he was talking about the numbers of, of cases of Blanton's, Weller, Weller Antique, and some other stuff from like back in 2017 up to now. And the amount that we get in Ohio is absurd. Yeah. Compared to other states, like, holy cow, the amount, of, it was like 1,300 cases of Blanton's a year that we're getting this year. This year. And that's up from last year, which is up from the year before, which is up from, and so like Blanton, or uh, Sazerac and Buffalo Trace, for example, is really using Ohio as a saturation test to see what it takes to saturate the state. And they still haven't found it yet. I, yeah. I, I'll say this, uh, Woodford Reserve, we are like the number five state in the country. And I want to remind Good people how big Texas is and yeah. how big yeah. California yeah. is. You have New York, Chicago. Yeah. We, it's, Ohio, Ohio drinks a lot of bourbon. Yeah. I, I tell We're people, up there. The way I reference it, we crown He's, Kentucky. He said, yeah. he said <laughs> right. that we are, our, buy, our buying power and our leverage as a state is phenomenal. Yeah, he said. So we get stuff that other places don't. So like Weller Antique, we go when we go to Kentucky. Tyler will take Weller Antique with him and use it for trade. It's like yeah. it's like prison cigarettes. Yeah. You go to Kentucky <laughs> and you can use it to trade for stuff. And he just went to Michigan 
And he got, what did he get? He got a... Um, he got a Blanton's, a... Blanton's Toasted Barrel, Elijah yeah, Craig. Toasted Barrel. And then one other thing. Uh, McKenna, Henry McKenna. Henry McKenna. And, and so he goes, hey, we're getting this Elmer T. Lee or something like that here coming up soon. He's like, listen, we get antique like it's nothing down here. He's like, if I bring up some antique and trade it to you, would you... He's like, yeah, I'll pull one back for you. That's all. I, he didn't tell me that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we talked for like a half hour on Friday while I was watching Brylands football. Nice. And... Uh, the guy, I guess, was like excited the fact that he could get Weller Antique yeah. 107. Sure. Yeah. Well, we've yeah. traded those before for like what that full that uh, 1792 full, full proof. proof. Yeah, um, I got an EC or not an um, an Eagle Rare store pick. Yeah, for that as well. Yeah, I mean, and the Antique 107 is great. It's it really is good. Yeah, it's I don't think Weller Special Reserve is that great. It's okay. I like it. It's okay. It's a, but I love the Antique 107. It's perfect. Like that that proof point. The, the it's flavor. Nineteen There's something about wheat and bourbon in that 100. It is the 1915. This is really good. <laughs> right? It is really good. Um, but prop- there's something about a wheated bourbon in like that 101 to 110. Like Maker's Mark 101 is outstanding. Antique Weller 107, outstanding. There's like that little cinnamon rush that you get with wheat that's right around that 105 level. Okay. It's just so good. Did you rinse your glass? Yeah. I was going to say smell it. Oh, my, my problem with the weeded whiskeys, and this is just where I'm at right now, is when you drink the weeded bourbons, yeah. you get that good. sweetness and then it just sort of fades out. Yeah, there, right? you're you're right. There, and, so unless you go, that's what I mean. Like if you don't go over the, one, oh, the 100 range right. for a weeded bourbon, they do. They'll have a short finish. They just kind of, they're there, they but, burst, and then they just disappear. But that, but that's that's the journey with that drink. Yeah. It, it's meant to fade, and it has that delicate finish. It does. I've been drinking high rye whiskeys for the past decade. Yeah. So when I get that, I'm left You feel wanting. like you're robbed, yeah. 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 I hear you. Um, you're not wrong on that at all. And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people like the weeded bourbons is because they're a little more mellow. The finish isn't as harsh. That peppery finish isn't there, so it's smoother, you know. Um, but I think you're right, though. Like, if you are into those high rides, if you are into those high proofs, and you take a weeded bourbon, it does. It, it finishes, and it, and it kind of disappears. It's a delicate ending. Yeah, the, and, and I think some people don't like that. The, the way I put it is... Uh, I'm used to that high rise, so if, if I don't feel that spike, I don't feel the love. Yeah. So, I, I I love a lot of the high rise now too. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love a lot of the old Forester lines, right? And then on the other hand, with the um, what are we doing now? I was just doing another small oh, okay. fifteen. Do you want to do you want to do one more, and we'll do the Woodford? You want to crack that? I think we're almost. We're only till eight thirty, and it's eight twenty nine. So okay. I think we kind of have to wrap it up. So your your Woodford lives to talk another day. <laughs> Fair <laughs> but, enough. But uh, no, I, I think as we have maybe a little more of the nineteen fifteen. Um, I want to thank Pete for coming on the episode. I want to thank Cafe Round Two for hosting us. Um, I think we're supposed to do this once a quarter here, and. Um, this will be, you know, good first one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get the word out. I love the environment here. Yeah, this the is really nice place. restaurant. Um, the the bourbon selection is ridiculous here. Um, great I, food, great drink, yeah. and as you can hear in the background, there's a lot going on down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and it's nice, especially this time one. of year when they can leave the, the doors open and it's not hot, it's not cold, it's just right. It's that it's that Ohio fall evening. 
someone brought out a fried chicken sandwich and I almost stole the plate. It looked so good. <laughs> it looked amazing. Yeah. And I even looked on the menu, I'm like, is that a fried chicken sandwich? Yes. Yeah, they also looks... have a hot chicken sandwich, I think, here too. Yes. And then they had a chicken and waffles that I that's what I had. I the, saw that the on the brunch menu. Oh. The seasoning on the chicken was ridiculous. Like I it came with syrup. I could have eaten the chicken and waffles without the syrup. Now I loaded the syrup on there anyway, but I could have eaten it without the syrup. It was really, really good. Uh, Trina had a Monte Cristo, which was was good. Uh, Brylan had a burger, which was really good, and then tr- his girlfriend Trinity had just a an all American, which was just eggs and hash browns or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Grandpa the, the, breakfast, man. Yeah, that's the, what I call that. <laughs> the, the food was really good. Uh, the bourbon selection's really good here. I think it's definitely a place you want to check out. Uh, it's right in the heart of Grandview. Um, you could go to the Grandview Cafe afterwards and, and have some drinks uh, right after you have some dinner here. So you can kind of start your evening here, head across the street. I think it's the same company that owns both, actually. But Grandview so. Cafe in here? Yeah. yeah. That's the concept behind the name. You yeah. started the Grandview oh. Cafe, and then round two comes happens here. over here. See, I'd do it the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's I'd start it. here, have dinner, have a couple drinks, and then go over there and, and party on their uh, second floor. And then come back and, and then come round back, three. Round three, <laughs> round three yeah. All right. No, but, I love uh, this area down here. Um, the movie theater is really cool. Yeah, the, the Drexel, uh, the little, it's more of an art house type of yeah, place. Yeah, they only you have like one, and food and stuff. one uh, movie that plays there, and that's all. And it's just a cool little theater. There's a Jenny's ice cream. There's the Cub Lion, or Lion Cub cookies right across the street. Ooh, down the road, Pure Imagination Chocolate. Oh, yeah. Oh, we that's do, good too. around Valentine's Day, we do a Woodford Double Oak and Chocolate. Oh. Which they do... And Daniel over there, a great man, stop in, tell him Whiskey Pete sent you. <laughs> they, they will do a, uh, it is a, a milk chocolate with a hazelnut or an almond in it. They will do a dark chocolate with sea salt and then a white chocolate. And each one brings out different flavors in the Woodford, not unlike the flavor wheel. Yeah, You're going to see that in a bunch of bars and restaurants. When, when does that start? That's around Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, okay. Yeah. I have a love right. for... Dark chocolate, sea salt, and bourbon. It's so good yeah, There's together. something about the two that just pair together Well, the so dark chocolate well. brings out, I, I don't want to go too deep because obviously, no, but the dark chocolate brings out all those baking spices from from the toasting of the barrels. Okay. That's why I love dark chocolate with bourbon. I think yeah. it always it's, is a good compliment, no matter what the bourbon. Yeah. And that is some it's of the best chocolate sweet. down there. No, right. no, you get yeah. those bitter right. notes. And yeah. You, and it, when we do the stuff. flavor wheel, it's at least 60% or more. Yeah. So you're, and then you talk about mouthfeel, silky smooth chocolate, and then you drink that, and that cuts the rye spice and and coats the the tongue too. When you do that, it coats the tongue. So I think that's a good note to end on. I yeah. know that I, yeah. I could sit here and talk for another hour, to be honest. Yeah. I'm starting to get hungry. I, that's I, I think we need to cut it off and uh, get call it yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, Whiskey Pete, for coming on. Pete a Wagner uh, from, I guess, Brown Foreman. I, th- sure. I was originally thinking Old Forester, but Brown Foreman, which encompasses. But uh, we got uh, Brett. We got Jeff. No Tyler this week. You got myself, dude. You can find us as the Bourbon Hunters on Instagram. Uh, the people's underscore schnoz. Yeah. With a Z. <laughs> and then we got, what, Young Jeff 07? Yeah. All right. What's the 07? Was there six Young Jeffs already? No. I, <laughs> it's just always been my number. Okay. Seven. All yeah. right. All right. Fair enough. And then I'm Dude Pool on Instagram. Uh, look us up. Follow us. Give us a, give us a like, whatever. But uh, we'll uh, listen to you next week. And uh, as always, uh, kick up your feet. Have a pour and enjoy.
joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.